Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by a one... Trace Finicaro. And... And in Condoleezza Rice. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. All right, gents, let's just jump into this. Um, so this past weekend, um, we're going to talk a little video games here. Blizzard, one of the biggest probably video game companies in the entire industry, uh, made a really big announcement about one of their first and foremost uh, you know, flagship franchises, Diablo. Um, and it wasn't a good one, and it didn't go over very well. So Diablo 3 is the latest game in the franchise that's been out since 2012, I think. Um, there's been one expansion since, and they've had some seasons, uh, some seasonal content, but people are starting to itch for a new Diablo game, and there have been like kind of fake leaks that this was going to be the BlizzCon. Sorry, this past weekend was BlizzCon. This is all like Blizzard has a biz- big weekend where they make all these new announcements to all their games. What's their other big title? They, uh, War, have, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft. Uh, Starcraft 2 and 1, obviously. Um, Overwatch, Overwatch is another big oh, esports one. Overwatch as well. Yeah, so BlizzCon is kind of one weekend of the year where they make big announcements for all their platforms. And everyone was looking out for Diablo. Um, and they sent this kind of cryptic message where we're going to release something, but it's probably not what you think. Um, but we hope you'd be really excited about it. Kind of something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So they wait till the end of BlizzCon, which in most formats, everybody knows you end with your best and most exciting prospect. That's Mm -hmm. like the thing that everyone's supposed to get most excited about. That's what you end with. So they wait till the end of the of the con. So there's one there's one important thing that you're missing in the framing of this. Okay. Because they literally had the president of the company come out and say, "Hey everybody, I'm glad I've had this time. I've had this all this time to have this fun with you." And he proceeds to announce that he is quitting. Oh. He's leaving the company and he'd like to introduce you to his successor. And me, yes, and he fucks off, and then he leaves them to deal with this. This. So he did this, this right before right the right before before the release <laughs> of the information. Okay. So to preface this, for those of those those people that don't play Diablo and don't, because Trace, you probably don't know really exactly what Diablo is. No, I don't play it, but I have some coworkers that really love the Diablo series, so, and they were very excited, like when Diablo two came out and three came out. What within the last couple of years? Well, two thousand twelve, three came out. 2012, so there, there, okay. there, yeah, you, and you had the first, you had the one expansion pack in 2014, and then there's been some incremental content updates since then. So Diablo one and Diablo two are a isometric, <laughs> so you're from kind of like a third person, kind of looking down on on a little stick figure type guy, uh, role playing game, action oh, role playing ha- game, ha- hack, hack and slash. It's a hack and slash. It's a dungeon crawler. You you grind a lot. There's a lot of grind, but there's Massive amounts of progressions, very, very deep. There's tons of different items and with different attributes and things like that. It's very, very deep. Um, but it's always been Diablo 1 and 2 were pretty much strictly PC games. Okay. So in 2012, which was very controversial at the time, Diablo 3 was announced and dropped not only for PC, but also for consoles, which a lot of the PC Master Race guys we're pissed because they're like, oh, that means the controls aren't going to be as precise. It's going to mm-hmm. be wonky. It's going to be arcadey. And they were kind of right. I'm a big, I have Diablo 3 for my Xbox. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of it. I really, really do enjoy it. It is a great transition how they did it, but it definitely is more arcadey. The cool thing about Diablo was it's very, very dark. This setting, the music was very creepy, very, very dark. Like, I will never forget. 
I mean, because it was 95 or 96, I think, playing late at night, playing Diablo 1, and, like, uh, there's the first, like, big baddie that you fight is the Butcher, and he has, like, human bodies hanging up on the wall and a giant cleaver, and I just remember, like, it's funny now because I so, showed Shauna this like several weeks ago. Jeez. And she was like, this looks like shit. Why did this scare you? Like, what are you, an idiot? And um, But at the time, you were so immersed in it. And that was the the you know the top of the top, the creme de la creme. And the graphics were different then. And, the, and they were, right. Like The material available to children was different then. You, and you had to use your imagination a little bit, right? Like, But God, when you open the door and the butcher comes out... I, and he fucking kills you so quickly. <laughs> he just fucks you up so bad. It's just like you're like freaking out. You're just trying to get away and you can't get away. But it was it's an experience that, you know, probably in my top 10 or 15 experiences that I really remember and was, you know, and, and it's kind of near and dear to me. So Diablo 3, when it was announced, it was going to be on consoles. You had a lot of pushback from the PC gamers. They were pissed. But that being said, Diablo 3 did drop. They didn't really lose their fan base because it's still it was still first and foremost a PC game, and it still had a really big following, and it did very it was very successful. Well, you know, but it also it also demonstrated the first kind of creeping of Activision's the drive decision to go they, to console. Uh, many people speculate, and I definitely think it's probably true. More than likely, was that Activision made the push. We want this on console. We don't just want PC only because Activision is. Sad to say, not really interested in making video games. They're interested in making money. Well, mm-hmm. and Just happen to do it with video games. You know, and the whole uh, auction house scenario that went down. Which is which was fucked, too. Which was like this weird thing where they use like real-world money where you could buy items and people could could buy and sell, you know, these unique items that they found and they dropped. And then the auction house would take a small percentage of the money. So it was very predatory. And they got rid of it within the first couple of months. First oh. six months, they nixed it. Because it was... It was super. It was it was the loot boxes of 2012, essentially. I remember. Um, now that you say that, I remember in 20. I think it was around that time, and people were selling something on eBay. Um, in in regards to Diablo, would it have been something along those well, you, lines, you, you, or was you, it full blown profiles? But, you, but you, either or. I mean, like that. Wow. Yeah, actually, when, when did Wow came out around? No, Wow has been out longer than that. 2009, 2008, yeah, 2009. It, yeah. I remember talking to somebody and they said that they were that they would they would sell I think it was the like the profiles on eBay. Yeah, wow, they would sell like wow profiles for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And it was this is like and it's even like, a step further because whereas that Activision saw none of the money with the exception of the subscription fee you pay for wow, with this like Activision did zero work. They just took like a penny off the transaction, right? Like so, they're literally just collecting money. Like so, it was really like, controversial, and they nixed it not too long after it dropped. So, fast forward now to present day, people have been waiting six years for a new Diablo. Mm-hmm. They're so thirsty for it. They just want a new Diablo, a new installment in the Diablo franchise. This fucking guy. Gets on stage, and you could kind of tell he was already nervous before that a little bit. He was a little uncomfortable. He wasn't. He was trying to sell it, but he you could tell deep down in his eyes <laughs> that he, he knew. New Diablo game, Diablo Immortal, on mobile only. Oh. No PC, no console, strictly 
mobile. Why would they do that? Well, Dude. there's there's a yeah, and this this as we further go down the rabbit hole, because so there was there was a bunch of kind of massive strategic missteps. And I think that part of this is that whether you, whether you want to you know whether there's you, 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 again you do what you, you you do what you're told. I'm not sure that they were enthused about what they got they got told to go up and talk about. Not like you know he's nervous. I I you know there's because part of this is like there's been three things, which is that um. I mean, like, there's the uproar of the fact that they went mobile. They, they're going mobile. Uh, Blizzard has issued uh, following statements to the fact that they they feel that the company's focus going into the future is mobile only. Well, I mean, it's dumb not to, right? It's dumb not to expand into the mobile market. But for a company like Blizzard at a Blizzard convention, right? For which PC, is, for, which is for, predominantly which is PC, and it's all only and, the only people that paid, and they pay a pretty penny to get to BlizzCon. That's are, all PC gaming, and there maybe. are people who paid to watch the stream just to talk, like virtual tickets. And this is who you were. This this isn't like. So, so we gotta we gotta break this down because yeah. you're we're unpackaging it a little too much and too big a glob. So. I don't think so. What happened afterwards? What ensued fucking afterwards was a little bit of chaos. Like I thought that EA, um, kind of screwed the pooch with mm-hmm. their brand Battle, and their Battlefront, like community. Battlefront microtransactions with the with the crazy microtransactions, and then Blizzard said, "Hold, uh, my, hold beer. my beer, hold my beer. Let Actually, me show no, you how I can Activ- how I can piss Activ- these people off." Activision, well, Activision, yeah. So. Now, you guys keep making a designation um, between Blizzard and well, Activision. Blizzard is the company. Activision is the mother company. Blizzard, Blizzard is the publisher. Or Activision is the publisher, and Blizzard is owned by Activision well, it, now. Yeah, it, it, used to, it used to be there was an, a certain exercise of independence, but more and more it used to be Blizzard Activision, and now it's Activision Blizzard. Gotcha. So to unpack, to, to unpack this a little further, there are, there are a ton of aspects to this. I want to make this one point, and then I'm going to talk about the mobile. If they had said, in my opinion, if they had said, we're work, we are working on Diablo 4 for PC and console or whatever. In the meantime, we got this Diablo Immortal game. We want you guys to try it out. I think everyone would have been fine with it. I no would, one would have lost even, their mind. Even, even, even that, you know, like. So the the other thing is, is that Blizzard isn't even developing this game. Well, that's a, that's a big they, contention. They, that's what I wanted to unpack outs- with the mobile. They outsourced it to a Chinese developer called NetEase, whose, pr- was, whose primary products are all clones of Diablo on so phone. Net NetEase makes this like these two games, or one the one game that's really similar. The other one's not. It makes a similar a game that essentially was a Chinese Diablo three knockoff. So now they're essentially what they're doing is because Blizzard isn't even really working on it, but we're working together. But NetEase is taking point. They're essentially just reskinning that old Chinese knockoff, right? With like Diablo characters and, and weapon sets and moves and stuff. Like that's it's not even an which, investment. Well, it's and, not and, even it's not even a unique fucking thing. Like it's like well, it's just you rack up money in mobile yeah, again because really the thing is that you rack it, really because the other part of this is that it's not so much that it's a mobile game. It is because unfortunately, mobile game and large publisher is synonymous with loosely regulated, transparent. Barely, barely not gambling, money grab. Well, yeah, that, there's a lot of pay-to-win aspects of it. You're going to get a lot of people that are going to pay these little tiny microtransactions in-game to get better gear and whatever. And here's the other thing. 
essentially China and Asia in general is an untapped market for your standard Western PC games. But man, oh man, those Asians love, and I mean love, mobile games. And a big reason for that is, specifically in China, dude, the average commute to work for your average Chinese person is like two to three hours because all the work is on the coast and a lot of these people can't afford to live on the coast. So they they, they take these crazy bus commutes. I was reading this. And of course, so they play their mobile games for like two, three, two, like sometimes four to six hours a day commuting back and forth to work. Sure. That being said, there's also a larger gambling aspect in Asian culture than really like Western culture. Every each culture has their own, but Asian culture it's like it's a little more hardcore. Go to a fucking casino oh, <laughs> and but, tell me who's at the tables. Well, and you know maybe going back to your thing. You know, you're saying like, here we we're doing this mobile game. You know, like we we'd like you to take a go at it. It's also like, just be straight up. You know, Blizzard would have been like, listen, all these all these other all these other Asian software developers are making knockoffs of our game and profiting off of all like basically loosely cloning all the mechanics that we've developed and the art style and everything. I mean, like that's even American like legal legal legends. That's all that that's a rip, all that's a rip off of. Dota two, or Dota. Well, yeah, or Warcraft. You know, like again, Warcraft like three. But you can even you can say the Dota because, like, even that they're they're clones. They're we changed the art style just enough so that we don't get nailed for using Blizzard's assets in a game that we're selling. You know, I mean, like League of Legends. I mean, they've kind of grossed. Through, they've kind of moved past that to like you know have this giant roster of heroes, but that still that was that was the whole start of it. And, um, you know, if they were just straight up, it's like, hey, we're, we, somebody's, you know, like somebody's taking all this, taking all this money. Any, you know, like if they're gonna make clones of it, we'd like at least to kind of have a say of what that experience was. If they're gonna make a mobile ga- version of this game, that's not, that's not the, that's well, no, not but, but the. He, I mean, I well, can no, see he, what you're saying. You know, like because the other thing, it's was about the that, money they, and the money only. Well, well, because the other thing was is that you know whether you go back to that, the 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 rumors are true or not, but you could. Bethesda, Bethesda, who's owned by Zenimax, who are the single most like, like the dude who owns that company is literally like Blofeld from the James Bond movies. No one sees his face, and he is like the over he is the overlord of of the industry. But at least Bethesda gets like we're gonna make a mobile game, and oh by the way, here's actually the trailer for the really the the the, the console slash PC game that you're really interested in, and we're gonna talk about that later. But here's here's like it's in development, it's actively we're actively working on it. Here's a couple previews from it. You know, like, so the, yeah, I mean the big problem with this was Blizzard was like this is it, like no talk of Diablo four A and B. This Diablo Immortal game. It's still it's not close. Well, it's not it's not close. It's not like dropping next week or next well, month. It's dropping like months from now. Well, and even that like the, like part of the part of the thing too is like as much as people were kvetching about like as much as kvetching was going on about Immortal, they're like, "Hey, you know, this Immortal game, it looks like you implemented a bunch of stuff that we've been asking for in Diablo 3 for like the last 3 years. Is there any plan since you released a new version of it for the Switch? Is there any plan of this to like actually like update the client and it's like we're we're really focused on our exciting new products. And it's like you didn't give me even a yes or a no. We're <laughs> and then they ask, you know, okay, well, 
all right, this is what we have to deal with. Then, like, uh, one, there were two questions that were pretty much the big questions, and there was a lot of fallout afterwards. Or, or, was, it, or was there a plan to release that? Is there a plan to release this on some client that can play on a PC? Yeah. So one of the guys, one of the one of the fans that asked the question in the Q and A said, you know, is there any chance that this gets moved, gets ported over to PC and console? They were like, absolutely not. No. Booze. I mean, booze outright. People booing. And then what their response was to that? Well, you guys have phones, right? Like, what do none of you have phones? Instead of just eating the booze because yeah. you should, you should know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You like try to attack everyone. Well, that's well, you are because again, like, the answer is like, listen, we wouldn't want you to put you. I'm pretty sure that none of you would want to play a PC version of Diablo on a phone, a PC or a console oriented version of Diablo on a phone. Why would you want to play a phone or a mobile interface oriented version of Diablo? On a PC. Well, it, it just if, shows if there's, a, if there's a significant interest in it, we'll 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 see what it's going to take to get there. But right now, we're focused on develop, deploying the best version of the game we have on the platform we intended to run on. And that, it, it just shows how out of touch they are with their yes. own fans. Absolutely, base. and that is definitely like what the what the case is. <laughs> so then, the next question, the one that is kind of getting the most are rep you, is: are, are you fucking with us? <laughs> the guy said, "Is this some out of season April, April Fool's, Fool's joke?" joke. <laughs> and then like no this is a new experience so here's some weird stuff that happened though the media gets involved the next day and well that night and the next day and a lot of well not a lot but certain media outlets are saying oh these are gamers. these are entitled gamers mm-hmm. and this is the dumbest one the absolute fucking dumbest one and all you retards on the far fucking left this is for you this is sexist. This is male gamers not wanting women to 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 game because women, women play more that. mobile games. It's like no. Well, so oh, oh, because women are more attracted to mobile games. Yes, as, well, as, as, as general. Is, well, I guess, but I mean, if that's the case, then that should have been the guy's answer. So I, right, I, he should have been prepared with that answer if that was the actual truth behind but it. But that's not. But it's if not. They were that was such expand, a stretch. Like that didn't right. even get brought up, right? See, and this this is unfortunately where our our reality is. We 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 definitely live in the worst timeline. So I don't know if you're familiar with this whole GamerGate thing that went down. Oh, this is kind of old news. I don't know if we want to go down. No, 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 no. Because it, we're, it we're, is we're relevant. This, we're, this for is sure. relevant because part 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 of this <laughs> that is, is that the unfortunate worst of times. <laughs> well, no, because the the problem the problem is is that. Everything, everything, everything with any like mild tinge of validity nowadays uh, is immediately co-opted by shitheads. Because you know, there is, there is. I agree with you. There is zero validity in in the statement that this has anything to do. Well, no, so we're, we're, we're with male you, gamers. No, no, no. It isn't, it isn't male gamers because what, what this com- what this comes down to is that or, or, because it's, it's this co-opting of things by these, uh, you know, because every, everything, everything seems to be actively being, uh, kind of amalgamated into this like very weird, Incel, you know, involuntary celibate, you know, like the the, the fucking ang- the ang- angry, angry, angry dude bros. Yeah. But what originally, what you know, besides the whole, besides the whole, um, fucking gossip, high school gossip bullshit that started that was really where where it was was because of the the fact that there is no such thing as games journalism. It is a bullshit title 
They are all fucking shells. There's like chat rooms where they go and fucking like hash this stuff out. And well, I mean, you, there's not there's not a whole lot of journalism in general. Well, no, but, but but that's that yes, because that's part of a bigger problem, which is that you know, like again, we talk about the the fact that, um, you know, e- even that there there there's no, there's there's no honor among thieves, as it were. Like you know, the fucking the fucking presser the presser that they had this week with the president after the election, and like when he's like telling lady that her question was racist and all this stuff. It's like, and none of, you know, like none, none of, none of her crew stood with her as it were, because it really getting the adversarial thing, but it's, it, that there's so much shilling being done by these outlets that are supposed to be critical, you know, like in theory, supposed to be critical voices. I, I just, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's just shills trying to make a point that isn't there. Like so, you can get click, so you can get clicks, yeah. and you can you can look like I was the first one that was woke on this. Yeah, get woke. Yeah, and you see, the problem, the problem is that like so many people parrot like say this stuff, like the buzz phrases, and I hate the problem is, is I hate them, but there's truth to it. Like the whole get woke, go broke thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. any I mean, you can just you can just jump into any conversation and just accuse somebody of being racist, sexist, or anti. Gay, I'll call it anti-gay, although they they want a lot of letters attached to that. Um, you could just jump in and say that it, to anything. And if there's even a remote hint that it's possible, then, you know, it's a sound bite. It's being shared, and it's garbage media. So luckily, that didn't last very long because one guy who kind of has championed against this was the... Developer, developer of, of Diablo, Diablo 2, 2, who is no longer with Blizzard. And he shit on them with facts. And he shit on the media that was kind of portraying this, oh, you're just a bunch of entitled gamers. There is no reason to be rude. And it's like, no, these are consumers, and they're not happy with the product that you are producing. So he's they, an ex-developer. Ex-developer and, 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 from and Blizzard. And, they, and, right, and, and these are people who paid specifically right. to have the opportunity to ask you questions about what you were doing. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you're you always going to have both sides, right? Because you are going to have entitled fucking little bitch gamers yes. that are going to step up and they're going to be well, like, why didn't I get well, exactly they're, they're the not, one thing that I wanted you to make for me? And they're going to be like that and it's going to be the general tone. Are they are they but, entitled gamers or are they just, is that just entitled people? You know, like pe- pe- people have that... It, it's exp- just because it's expressed. Well, in the they're entitled and they're gamers, so yeah, they're entitled gamers. But but yeah, I mean, you're going to have that naturally. But yeah, I, I mean, this is an interesting case where where the vast majority of people agree with it was with the opinion of those obvious people. that they that no one wanted a mobile game, and, and I mean, fucking obvious, dude. Well, no, because the thing is, is Activision's tank, Activision stock started tanking. The next day, and they lost a reported, uh, a projected, and it won't stay that low. They reported, lost a reported $1.3 billion. Wow. And the thing is, is part of the hyper the hyperbole of why this announcement got made where it was was because it was supposed to like it, because it's not for the BlizzCon people it's for the investors and as soon as the investors saw this shit they're like what the fuck are you doing so you got some game some investor some some people with money that kind of went anonymously but went to sources and were like we don't know what the fuck these guys are doing uh, this is very disturbing and uh, we hope that they're going to write the situation very quickly. 
Well, the update is nothing's been righted. Like, essentially, they're just going to stay the course. Because here, the fact is, they're going to make a shit ton of money in Asia. And then they might make some money here in, in the West. They're going to make a shit ton of money on this Diablo game, this this mobile Diablo game in Asia. But well, the problem is, the the really underlying problem is, this was such a tone-deaf delivery and response to the crowd. It is it is apparent, and I've I've heard this term used, Blizzard is in their ivory tower, and they can no longer hear the masses that brought them to the to where they are in that tower, and that continue to hold them up. Because the fact is, Blizzard, this is the, I think this is it for a lot of people. Unless you announce Diablo Four coming out within the next year, you, that may be it. These guys, you just put the fucking nail in the coffin for you. And you essentially just gave Grinding Gears a license to print money yes. and to keep going with Path of Exile, which essentially was the was the soul. Its soul is the successor of Diablo two, the most famous Diablo in the but, franchise. But but you mentioned other games that they're still successful with, correct? Um. Yeah, I mean World of Warcraft. I don't think they're going to be able to continue to. World of Warcraft has large system. Basically, that is no longer a growth. One sure, for them, sure, and they're already kind. Of, they're kind of having a bobble because they did this uh, massive update called uh, Battle for Azeroth, and it really um, it got pushed out the door because you know part of, like they needed they needed new content to kind of keep the thing mm-hmm. keep the the part you know the part the players invested, and there are like certain massive bugs with it you know because it's again it, it, it's a any of these games they have it you know they're not able to capture everything but, but you mentioned some other titles that they well they have, have overwatch right? they have overwatch which is overwatch is still a good one overwatch though, right? is still yeah good, but i mean but it's it, not at this point it's four big. years it's four years old it's no one's buying overwatch anymore i you know and like the thing is the, but you don't make money you don't necessarily make money buying selling overwatch yeah you, you sell money, the loot boxes make, the microtransactions and again this is where it like because overwatch it, is still really big for competitive gaming esports right? yeah it's it's a it's yeah. a relatively large esports game but you know th- again it's it's a matter of scale too where it's um it, it, i think I, I think part of the problem is that blizzard might be too late like for immortal because depending on depending again like maybe yeah so they're 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 big in asia but china's already cracking down in the process of cracking really? down on these games i didn't know that and one it's like you're assuming they're assuming that somehow like they're already like there are concessions already in this game like there are certain character classes that are not in immortal that are intrinsic to diablo no, it's the same character class. No, it is. I watched the whole they, thing because they they it's were, the same were, character classes in Diablo three. Do they all have six Dru- of them? Do you have Druid? Do you have no? Necromancer? You have, Druid's not in Diablo three. Necromancer. Necromancer. Necromancer is. Uh, it's it's Necromancer, Demon Hunter, Paladin. Um, well, yeah, I think it's called Paladin, Wizard, Witch Doctor, um, and a missing one. But I guess Monk. We're, we're no, but I guess and we're, barbarian we're, actually. So we're pulling up. We're pulling up. We're pulling up stuff because I guess one of the things is that uh, China, Chinese media regulations prevent certain. Maybe the witch doctor ideas. wasn't in there. Maybe I didn't remember seeing the witch doctor. And but but that that is it because Ch- Ch- China has much more involved. Uh, I don't know. You could call it uh, not morality laws, but basically, you know what you, what you can have in your media censorship. 
it's they're they're a little more censored, a little well, more sensitive to the things that are acceptable to them stuff. or not culturally acceptable. But regardless, it's I think they're going to make a, a a killing in in Asia, and that's fine. But I, I think this is short sighted on the fact that maybe you don't make um, all of your money. With I mean, a Diablo, you were, but that's what keeps it going. Like that's the fuel that keeps people interested in your company, keeps people wanting to buy your products. This, as like you know, your big surprise. This is for nobody. This is for I don't even see a market. Like I don't know anybody that's going to be excited for a mobile Diablo game. Yeah, it's, just, in, it's interesting for them to put so much of their um, of the suspense of the launch into the mobile. Like it's not a surprise that they would go mobile. It's a surprise that they would launch it as if it's a big deal. Yeah, that's the thing. It just seems so tone deaf. It was just like, what? Because they were shocked and surprised at this reaction. And it's like, huh? 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 I'm, I'm a pretty big Diablo uh-huh. fan. I mean, you could have just asked me, and I would have easily told you, this is going to piss a lot of people off. And it's, I, this is where it falls back into where Gunnar was saying, a lot of people felt like Activision gave the marching orders and it was like you march off that fucking cliff and you do it with a smile on your face right essentially and that's kind of like what it sounded like but it also sounded like the guy from blizz that from the, the ex blizz developer that said you know for, that was on that was the developer for diablo 2 said dude if they had if if we were going to do this he's like i'd have a line of my my developers that worked under me at my door saying this is a really bad idea like, this is a terrible idea. Well, that's why, but the, the, I guess the question, like, again, the president of the company basically announced that he was leaving, and you know, it's like turning it over to turning it over to new management. But um, because part of this, and you wonder if it's damage control, but then they then they can't then all these like. Verbals came out about like, well, actually, originally we were supposed to have a Diablo Four trailer at the end of it, but then we decided to pull it. And if you actually talk, you know, again, like you talk with the your, at least the discussion that the the developers that has leaked out is that effectively there has been three starts of Diablo Four, and they have scrapped everyone. Like they've gotten to the point where it was like a playable, not you know, alpha, and they've scrapped it. And the last game that they did this with was the StarCraft MMO that they basically canceled and made. But that part, that's all natural part of the the, the development cycle. What's not natural is to make a big reveal for something that directly goes against your biggest fans' wishes. Like what they would want to see. And I guess, I guess, I guess, no, but, but, but again, you know, because the tone deafness aside, because Bethesda, Bethesda almost did the same thing. With, I don't with, know if they almost well, no, did. No, but, but, but like when they when they came out with Fallout um, Shelter, Shelter. Yeah, but that was, was not like of, a that well, wasn't that was, that like was a pre- big thing for them. It well, was no, like a precursor was, to Fallout Four. But you know, but that was part of it. Was that like when they did that presentation here? We want to talk about this. You know, that you like we do. Talking. Oh, by the way, this integrates into this new game that we're blah, 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 or uh, the the Elder the Elder Scrolls one that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, even that, like when they when they had the Elder Scrolls mobile game. Yeah, Elder like, Scrolls oh, Six was what they were lining up, though. Yes, right. And it, it's the the the, the difference is, is that you know, like at least if you listen to the conversations that are coming out of Blizzard, at least in the development team, is that they're. It's not just a struggle. Like they they 
they don't have Diablo 4. It's like it's in the same development, you know, like it's kind of in the same development hell as Half-Life 3 at this point. But here's the thing, Gunner, like, in my opinion, okay, we don't have Diablo 4 yet. So what the fuck do you do? Do what you're doing with Warcraft 3, which was also announced, a remaster. A remaster yeah, with updated did, graphics well, on no. Diablo 1 and Diablo 2. If you did an HD, Bang. If people you did an are HD happy. DV, you, you do an HD version of Diablo 2. Exactly, a remaster. It yeah. would have been enough. It would have been enough to if keep people would have lost the, their the, shit, the, they would have been so the, happy. I was so excited when Valve, Steam, whatever, released uh, the original Half-Life with the, uh, the widescreen high-definition pack. Yep. I mean, it still looks like garbage compared to the graphics that are in games today. But I was very excited. Right. Very nice offer. That's all they had to do. That's it. A game you already have, just well, buff it up I mean, and like, make it look pretty. Even, even okay, again, because it's not, it's not just a matter of like swapping graphics out because there's, you know, like you have to engine I get it. it. But, you but, can but, figure but, it out. But it's a good, it's a good drill to be like, here's the core mechanic. Like, let's, let's go through this. Let's identify what the core mechanics of the game that we like, which we'd like to tweak. And then just use it as kind of a jumping off point. Yeah, like Gunnar, are you Diablo telling 4? me that they couldn't reskin? Actually, I know that you're not telling me that because they did reskin Diablo 3 to Diablo 1. It was a special event. I think it was for season 9 or 8, or maybe even season 10, where there was a special level you could access. You went through the went through this portal and your character, it was low fidelity graphics, but you had the same controls as you did on the console or whatever. Playing Diablo One, the first level of Diablo One, it was awesome. Just fucking do that for Diablo Two or Diablo One. Just do the whole game. Yeah, throw them a bone. That's all they had to do is throw them a little bone, and they didn't even have to throw them that bone. Trace. All they had to do is throw them a Diablo Four teaser. Well, and everything would have well, been no, forgiven. E, e, even the HD remaster teaser. Like it yeah. didn't even have to be finished. Yeah, you're probably it just, right. It's just like here's, it could have been just some shitty CGI movie, this remaster. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been fine. It's just, so, yeah. Some YouTube video that they didn't even produce. Just and, 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 and then just a, we're working on it. <laughs> I remember that with it in the Half Life Two days. There's a lot of like lead up, you know, propaganda from the fans, and you couldn't tell. You're like, what the hell is real and what's not real? And I think this is what the fans are most upset about is because it does seem that. Oh, maybe this maybe this is it. Maybe this is the point we have to let Blizzard go because well, that it's kind of it's kind of like uh, Valve, right? They don't make games anymore. What the fuck does Valve make? Well, you know, but it's also kind of like this massive list of um, and where where it gets funny is that there are massive systemic problems in the games that they have now that are kind of like like you want to get actually one of the best ones I heard was uh. In uh, at least World of Warcraft, you know what? You want to get people like you want to drag people back in, all the stupid pets that you've been accumulating for the last like ten years. Yeah, you can make them fight now. You got poke. You got poke. You got real life Pokemon in fucking game. Yeah, I mean you could you could be and you, you could do you that. Could, but you could you could fix Battle.net because there's massive problems with the freaking authenticator system and everything like that being gigantic. There's more stuff ass. that you can do to do it better for sure, but like. It, it, this one was just seems so easy. It is what it is. So regardless, uh, Activision lost a, lost a shit ton of money. The next day, the next, the following day, it's gonna bounce back. I'm sure they're gonna make a lot of money in this. But 
the damage that they've done to their community and the relationship with their community. Well, no, it's effectively their EA. They're, 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 yeah. they're, 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 the, the thing is, is that they're worse Blizzard, than EA. Blizzard, they're, Blizzard, they're worse than EA. Blizzard God. is now no longer considered separate from Activision. They are effectively they're Bungie. They're 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 the no they're they are the they are the same. Well, actually, yeah, Bungie hoards them hoard themselves out for Destiny. Yep. I have fond and, memories of Activision. Didn't they used to make some like oh, Activision, Activision did awesome stuff. Yeah, Activision used to do great great games. It's just they got too much money and they just lost touch. They they got greedy. Activision used to make games like yeah. not just like you know part of what the what the frick um uh there my still my 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 favorite mech game of all time Heavy Gear two. Well, because like basically they they were they had the Mech Warrior license there for the longest time, and then when Microsoft bought Faza or Fafsa, they t- they they took all that stuff internally. And, um, I mean, like, you know, they did some work with, like, some of that engine stuff that they had done for it. So that was where Interstate uh, 76 and stuff came from, the car combat games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they wanted to make another mech game, so they licensed uh, this other role-playing game series called Heavy Gear. And bas- at that point, uh, Activision had basically said that they were going to stop doing internal development, and they kind of had a Skunk Works project in their own. T- like the guy wrote the guy, a, g- a couple guys stayed late and basically wrote their entire their entire networking and graphics engine for this mech game that they had wanted to, to, to do. And um, I guess what the only thing is it's it, it's mechs, so it has all that stuff, but you actually like fight with like axes and stuff like that. You had you, but it was. You jumped. It was like an actual per- like so. You had destroyable cities, that kind of stuff. You had like all the the variations, and it was just like you even had space combat in it, and it was just, but it was multiplayer. So you had like freaking guys doing commando raids, like sneaking buildings, and you could actually drop a building on top of someone if you were trying to do trap. You know, it's it was cool, yeah. And it was limited by the technology at the time, but like they they made it. They gave the good college try. Well, they and they that was, that were was ambitious sim- with it. They yeah, were ambitious they, about their product. Yes. Yeah, Pitfall. They made. <laughs> they made Terry. They made freaking Tony Hawk. Yeah, another great Tony, game. Tony, or they did but Tony then, Hawk and Spider Man. The, the the first Spider Man, the first game that ever got web slinging right. Yeah, Activision had some good ones, but Tony uh, Hawk they, was awesome. What's that? Tony Hawk was. Tony awesome. Hawk was great. How much time we played playing fucking Tony Hawk? What a weird game though. Like it started off and like you're kind of you're skating or whatever, and then it turns out that you you're just grinding on every single rail all the way down a mountain you're like you do like a flip and then you grind and then you spin around and then you grind it's like there's no it's like the there's no way anybody could ever skate that well let let, let me actually let me get like a fucking billion points it was because you just land flip and to grind and to spin and to grind it was published. It was published by Activision. It was done by NeverSoft. But you know, like, okay. it, but but you know, like, what it, else? What else did NeverSoft do? NeverSoft Soft did a bunch did of stuff. Do... So they Guitar Hero. Yeah, oh, Spider Man. Guitar games. Hero. Okay, man, that's a franchise. The whole the whole Guitar Hero, the Skeleton whole rock band. Warriors. That's one that I really liked because I, I really like music. I really enjoy music. But it's like you can only sell so many guitar and drum sets for people to put in their living rooms. And then 
the plugs aren't going to work Micro- for the next version of the console. Microtransactions and, are the plastic instrument appliances of the financial world. Well, that's what that's. I think that was the problem is that is that Guitar Hero came out <clears> just <throat> a little bit too early. Like it was before everything was downloaded. Yeah. So you'd get that one disc, and it would have, you know, some songs from the. You know, that when you were growing up or whatever, and you'd pop it in and you'd be able to jam to them. But if a new song comes out, you know, five years after you bought the game, you have to find some way of obtaining it. You know, and, and, and usually that meant buying a full new game. But really, the game didn't really change. Right. It was just the music that changed. That's something uh, that kind of makes me sad. Activision killed that too. Did they? Yep. Activision killed Guitar Hero? Absolutely. How did they do that? They did they, no did they move it to they mobile? They just cut it off. They just fucking <laughs> cut it off. Did they announce it for for iPhone? They just said, yeah, probably. They probably tried that. I'm they're sure they're, that there's a mobile version of Guitar Hero. I'm almost positive. You need to seven phones to each other, and then you yeah. can play. You're like that dude. But it's just, it's just, it's, I think people are having to come to terms now, like, well, Blizzard is now... One of them. One of them. They just don't care about the true fans they just care about the cash, you know. True fans be damned. So it's now it's time for the, all these Blizzard people to go and find a new company. You know what I mean? Find a new game to chase. I'm thinking my next business venture might be making a video game. I hope it's mobile. It may or may not be mobile. It, it will definitely be targeted at females, though. Yes. It, not not for any specific reason, except for the market. There's a large market because it's such an untapped market right now. Um, I was watching um, an episode of Adam Ruins Everything. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix, but... I've heard of it. It's pretty good. Um, It's really campy, so you have to be able to get over that part of it. But it's really good. The facts are pretty good. And he explains how... Uh, how the console sales were were on a decline, the Nintendo decided to put them in the toy aisle. But by then, the gender divide had already occurred. So Nintendo had to pick whether or not to put it in the boy side or the girl side of the aisle. And it, uh, you know, you have like people shooting ducks and stuff like that, and that was attracting more to boys. So the console sales started selling more to boys, and it's really been a boys game ever since then. And I felt I felt that that was crazy because the console, even though the console has been has been something that's been predominantly saturated by boys. I don't it, gaming in general isn't necessarily like that. Like he would he was using uh, Pong as the um, as the as the comparison. He's like Pong was the first video game um, really to to reach the masses, and it was being sold directly by Atari to the bars, and the females loved it because it was an icebreaker. If if there was a guy that that um, that a female wanted to talk to, she'd walk over and say, hey, I bet you I can kick your ass in Pong. And it was this very unisex style game. So I think my my next business venture might be uh, making a video game that kind of brings it back to basics. I don't know where, though. Maybe it'll be mobile. Maybe. You kind of have to. But that's enough about uh, Blizzard. It's royally screwing the pooch with their fans. Um, but speaking of fans, uh, I know the three of us are, are pretty big Queen fans. I know, Trace, you enjoy Queen. I'm 
almost positive gunner. You like Queen, and, yeah? And, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, in many senses of the word. What's that? In many senses of the word. Okay, I'm talking about the band, though. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody open this weekend, <clears throat> which, for those that don't know, if you don't know what Bohemian Rhapsody is, it's probably one of the greatest songs, possibly pop songs, pop slash rock songs, rock songs, not pop, but it's pop, though, ever written, I'd say. Um, it's super prolific. But it's the story, essentially, of mostly Freddie Mercury, but Queen as well, like how the band interacted. And I got to say, it was really, really, really good. So the guy that the guy from Mr. Roboto is the guy that played Freddie Mercury. I don't know the actor's name. Um, but he did a really, really good job. And you could tell there were probably some some parts that were sugar-coated. They probably wanted to protect Freddie a little bit. Um, Mr. Robot, I have to make that correction. Mr. Robot, I'm because sorry. Because when you bad. say Mr. Roboto. That's Domo Arigato. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> stick song. My bad. Are but, you the modern man? <laughs> with parts made in Japan. Anyway, I'm Kilroy. Um, so the... The movie was like really, really good. Like all the all the hits were in it, and a couple of the ones that maybe weren't as big a hot big hits. Not ones that I would like. Kind of like, oh yeah, that's a Queen song I love, even though it's a Queen song I love. And you could tell there were probably certain parts where Freddie was probably a real prick, and they kind of just toned it down just a little bit, so he didn't like seem like this huge asshole. But what I really, really liked about it because I was worried because obviously Freddie Mercury met a pretty tragic end, right? And it's almost cliche. He loved too much. Say. What's that? He loved too much. Right. Freddie Mercury died of AIDS. Um, and I was really, really worried. Freddie Mercury is my favorite front man of all time, of any the, music genre, period. What was what was the the worst joke I've ever heard was talking about who was the who was the the most charitable British celebrity of the twentieth century and something of the effect of Princess Diane tried to raise awareness for all these AIDS patients. Freddie Mercury fucked them. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awful. And not funny. But anyway, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I guess. Well, Freddie Mercury fucked them. <laughs> so I was really concerned about like just being really depressed afterwards. Like <sighs> it's not my joke. A fucking dying AIDS patient. Like I just was I was so convinced they were just gonna spoiler alert to everyone, but Hopefully you've seen this by the time you listen to this. If not, sorry. Do you think Sasha Baron Cohen could have could have done it? No justice. Nope. I think um, I don't. So this is actually kind of an interesting story. Sasha Baron Cohen was slated to play him in this, and they started shooting and they stopped. Mm-hmm. His side of the story is that the band said, "Yeah, we want to make this movie, but Freddie dies in the middle of it," and then Sasha Baron Cohen was like. So what's the rest of the movie about? And they're like, well, how the band persevered and moved mm-hmm. on. And, and and he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because yeah. who the fuck is queen without Freddie Mercury, right? Like, mm-hmm. there is no queen without Freddie Mercury. I don't care what well, you say. You, you, could argue, you could argue that certain people don't agree with that. but those you know, That's fine. N- n- names rhyming, rhyming with Myron, Myron Bay and... Uh, oh, what the heck is the the members of Queen, essentially, is what you're... Well, no, because one of them actually did retire. Oh, really? Roger, Roger, uh, Roger Deacon, I believe, okay. the drummer. Yeah, he, he actually... It, see, now we're going to have to look up stuff. But uh, You look that up while I, I keep working this point. So, 
the band's uh, side of the argument was, no, like all Sasha Baron Cohen was interested in were these crazy, like debaucherous parties that Freddie used to have, and how crazy it was, and you know the um, the, the 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 risky sex and and this and that. And he's like, that's what they that's what he wanted to make the movie about, and we were like, no, man, that wasn't Freddie. You know what I mean? And I I think both sides are probably it. right. Wow. The movie wasn't about how the band moved on. In fact, there that wasn't in the movie at all. Um. And there was one scene, there were a couple scenes that kind of hinted towards one scene What was this crazy debaucherous party where Freddy's in like this cape and a crown and his shirt's off and there's naked dudes everywhere and naked women too. But I'm sure, and, and it's pretty obvious that he had these crazy, crazy parties. But like the thing that the band clearly wanted to home, hit home was like Freddy was like this because he was extremely lonely. Yes. And he was so lonely because he kind of lived a bit of a lie for a really big portion of his life. Like until he was in like an 18 or 19 year old kid, like I had no idea. Freddie Mercury was a was an immigrant from he he obviously was was, was British, but his family moved it's Egyptian? Uh Indian. Indian. Yep, he was uh, to to escape persecution during the Baklavesh um, revolution or something like that. So to escape, I think Muslim persecution or something like that. I think yes. they said. Okay. okay. There, again, there's there's India. India's kind of you know like George George or, or actually, and he was talking. To me, he may need to pop in here at some point. Or your friend, our friend, my friend George. But India is a mind blowingly you can't really conceive of it huge country. So. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, the biggest it, it, democracy in the world. There's a well bigger than America. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But from from a population perspective, I don't know if it's considered as largely successful. Well, I mean, like I, I, I think, I think some, yeah. And again, no, 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 no. Uh, too, uh, too political talk. But uh, we we've been kind of we've we've been kind of wobbling a lot the last. <laughs> So the last ten years. So the actor, um, his name is Rami Malek, and uh, I I do watch uh, Mr. Robot, and it's interesting for you to describe his character um, in Bohemian Rhapsody because it's he is a lonely character as well in Mr. Robot, and Mr. Robot really pushes him as an actor, which is why I was so excited to see him um, being chosen for this movie. First of all, he looks a lot like him naturally. Right. Yeah, it, did, it like it was clear that they didn't make need to make any crazy like prosthesis for his face or anything like that. Like, yeah, they, had they probably some, had to push his teeth. Well, the, the, yeah. the teeth, because yeah, Freddie Freddie had the overbite. Mm-hmm. That was well, just, he had two, which also I didn't know he had two extra teeth, which is why he had such great vibrato. Well, no, uh, vibrato, well, well, like it's, why it's <laughs> it's because it's because he was replaced with a fey child when he was, but but a babe. <laughs> But in uh, in Mr. Robot, he plays a character that is. I mean, he's a computer hacker, and most people know that about the show. But um, what they don't really know about the show is he's a computer hacker who is haunted by uh, uh, his own schizophrenia, and like Christian Slater's in the show. Right? Oh, really? And you'd never think that, and yeah. and he and he comes and goes, but. Um, he, uh, and of course, another spoiler alert. But people figure it out usually in the first season that um, the Fight Club situation. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, it's it's a little bit different the way that they paint it with Christian Slater. It's not as Fight Club-ish where you got like like um, like the two completely different people that no, don't know about each other at all. But like, there's an episode where he starts it off and he says he says, "I'm sorry, but I'm going to lie to you for this entire episode." And he narrates the entire episode, and and of course he's he's like in these office settings and he's on computers and he's interacting with people. And then at the end of the episode, they go back and he is sitting in prison in a jumpsuit. And the entire thing, he just fucking made up. The Roseanne. That's an, really interesting writing because not too many shows would, would take it to, to that level. But but in addition to that, the the acting that you need to <clears throat> be constantly in conflict. Um, also, um, drug addict. Um, so he's drug yeah. addict. Um, you know, lives inside his own head, and uh, and he's like, he's got the whole um, like the, the the girl that he fonds for that he'll never have a chance with type thing going on. So. After seeing how dynamic of an actor he was in Mr. Robot, I was so excited to see that. Unfortunately, I didn't make it to the opening uh, this past week, but my family did. My my eight year old yeah, son. Yeah, I saw that you, your wife, wife, wife and your son did. Yeah, yeah, did they, they like were able it? to make it. Yeah, they both loved it. Yeah, we were happy with the PG thirteen rating. I know ratings are kind of bullshit, but we were happy with the PG thirteen rating because that kind of told us that the the, the sex content would be a little would be bit too lower. gratuitous. Yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't. It was. You know, there was some racy stuff for sure, but I guess like the what what I really loved about the movie is I felt like it was probably a pretty honest portrayal of Freddie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this always this fabulous, outstanding, larger than life guy. It went through some really like heartbreaking stuff, man. Like when he really? he had a wife, and like when they broke up, it was just like what a fucked up situation. She she was upset because she wanted only him. And he was upset because he wanted to want only her, but they both kind of had to come to grips with it. He tried to break it with, like he said, you know, they're home. He's off the road. He's clearly probably not been faithful, and he's clearly have, struggling internally with being gay. And he tries, but he's trying to like you can see in the scene. It's, it was really really powerful. You could see he's just trying to bargain whatever he can do just to make this relationship work, just to make this marriage work. And he's like. So he's trying to come clean, and he's like, I think I'm bisexual. And his wife is like, Jesus Christ, Freddie, you're gay. And it's like, it's just crazy because you yeah. can see in his eyes right at that moment that this Even is it. This is what I was afraid of, and yeah. my world is about to plummet. And he's still trying to pick the pieces up and still trying to make it work. And she's just like, I can't even be angry with you because it's not even like it's your fault. It's not even like yeah. he chose this. Yeah. Like. And it was just really, really well acted. And what I really, really loved about it was even though Freddie Mercury met an untimely end um, in a very, very young age, he never wanted anybody to feel bad for him. It's why he didn't release that he had AIDS until he was pretty much about to die. And, dude, I I came out of that movie not feeling bad for him. Obviously sad because, man, it's so sad. Have you ever listened to Innuendo? No. It's the last album that he. It was the last album that they did. No, I haven't listened to it. So they have Made in Heaven, which was kind of like the the one that was pieced together from different projects. But Innuendo is like the last. You know, like Freddie is literally dying in the studio in bed between takes, trying to go through this, and it is just like, it is, it is brutal in a way that I don't know 
if you would allowed to be do you would be allowed to do commercial art at this point mm-hmm. because it's like, like Johnny it's just, Cash's last album, right? Yes, it is. It is just it, you know, and it's it's a, if it's a, it's a different side, and it's literally like the 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 the, the two songs. These are the days of our lives, and the show must go on. And it's just like you don't have to have any context. You can tell this. It's like Warren. Yeah, it's like Warren Zevon's last album. Like you can literally tell someone is dying in the middle of this this thing, and it's not. It's just there is there is a there is a context there that comes through if you are completely if you are completely blind to anything else. And if you didn't even like, know who Queen was and who Freddie Mercury was, you would know through these songs that these are like soul punching, like gut punching, just things coming out of the speakers. I'll have to check it out then for sure. Although I don't want to be depressed anytime soon. I'm going on vacation next week, so I don't need to be depressed. But that being said, I I liked I think they did a great service to him. I think <clears throat> the actor they chose was 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 great. I think they showed the complexity of Freddie Mercury because I I do kind of think that the Sasha Baron Cohen one, do I think he could have played him? Yeah, but I think he probably wanted to play this outrageous kind of character that Freddie was. But like, I don't know if he could actually harness in the seriousness of, you know, how sad and lonely Freddie really, really was. Um, but I didn't leave the movie feeling sad. I felt like, man, what a, what a what an amazing story. And obviously, it's sad that he had passed away so young. He's only forty one years old. But man, this guy like left a legacy of just amazing music and. You know, there's really only one of them. There's probably only ever going to be one of him. Like, I felt good leaving the theater. A little bit melancholy, I'll admit. But I was really worried I was going to be out of there, like, crying my eyes out and super depressed. And I was pleasantly surprised by that as well. I I thought it was a great film. I don't know how good of a film as far as Academy Award worthy or whatever. But I think they should at least give it a look, man. It was really, really, really good. How um, How was the attendance in the theater? And I know if you went to the local theater, then it's there's not a whole lot of people that live around here. We were actually out in Syracuse. It was right oh. after Retro GamesCon, which I'll touch on a little bit, I think. But it was out in Syracuse. Um, it was a matinee, like a late matinee, I guess. Uh, not a ton of people, but I'd say maybe a third of the theater was filled. My my family caught the matinee as well. Was yep. there anybody there? Or? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. She said there was a decent amount of people there. I don't know if it was a third or half filled, but I mean, for the theater um, today, that's not too bad. People don't really go to the theater anymore. But I just, I thought it was a great film. If you can check it out and you're listening, go, go see it. Just go see it. Even if you, you don't think you like Queen, I can almost, I've never met anybody that said I hate Queen or whatever. Um, but it gave me a new perspective on Queen, I think, because I, I remember I talked to them before where, you know, Queen's just kind of joke around songs. There's no like serious songs. And Gunnar was, Gunnar had told me, no, man, there's some real serious songs and there's like some real serious artistry there. And I, I gotta say, Gunnar was absolutely right. Like I view Queen completely differently. They were kind of pioneers in their own right. Mm -hmm. And just how they came up with like Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I saw, I saw one of the earlier trailers before the official trailer was released and they focused on 
the Bohemian Rhapsody song and about him arguing with the producers about what the song was going to be and what and, and, and how it was going to be on the album. And uh, I, I'm sure some of that was written in to make the movie more interesting, but um, he said something about there being like a 60 second. Um, it's a six uh, minute song. Yeah, it's a six-minute song. Yep, and and this is going to be a sixty-second opera solo or something like that. And uh, and the guy's like six minutes. That's a terrible long time, right? And then he says back to the producer, he's like, "I hope, I hope um, for your wife's sake that that's not a very if long." If six time. minutes is a is a long time, I pity your wife. Yeah, yeah. Was, there you go. The there you go. Um, but see, I'm a sucker for the details. So like, um, I don't know whether or not that. Um, was was a- actually occurred in real life, but like um, something that that my son was sharing with me because of course as soon as he got back from the movie we had to go and watch. Um, what was the big with the big AIDS fundraiser? The uh, big, Live uh, Aid. Well, no, Live was, Aid. Was, that wasn't AIDS. That was for uh, that was for Africa. Africa. Oh, okay. I'm which sorry. Which would eventually get AIDS? Which but, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry. I I saw AIDS in the title and I just assume it had something to do with AIDS. Bob so. Gild- Bob Geldof. But um. Right. What? Bob Geldof. Oh, the, uh, the producer the, is the guy. Who... But um, my, my son's like he's. They're like they played so many um, songs there, but the movie had to cut a lot of them out. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm impressed that you know all of this information. And he's like, but I want to watch the whole thing. So he, he, him, and I, we watched, you know, the the, the, the whole concert. But um, he was pointing things out, and uh, and the one that I remember specifically was the fact that he holds. The, the microphone, microphone by its the, broken stand. Well, it's because and actually that became that became his thing because he kept he kept like he said like his first concert the stand broke and that was something that they pointed out in the movie right he couldn't get comfortable with it because he'd never done it before so he he couldn't like get the mic adjusted at the right height and he wants to move around well, yeah right? and it's well it, because it came part it came part of the show because it's basically like a baton you know like it, it was this conduct you know the conduct again because like Freddie. I don't know if, like, again, if you see that Live Aid performance, they talk, you know, like, there's been a lot of, like, documentaries and stuff like that, but the the, the main thing was is that Queen was one of the few bands from that, like, that era, like, because you had the, they had the Who and they had a bunch of other people who showed up to Sting do it. Sting showed up to that as well. Bono, U2 was there. Yeah, but, you know, like, U2 was, like, but, you know, like, the thing was is that Queen was one of the only bands that had been, like, perpetually touring the entire time. Like, the Who, the Who had not performed in a while and they kind of, like, flubbed it. But Queen was Queen Queen like had been doing tours in undesirable countries all over the earth while for the last five years before Live Aid and it's just like you see that set and they just have it down to a science and you just you know and again people really, argue it's one of the greatest live performances of all time. That's not an argument. It's not an argument. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's you know like when you when you see like the Doom Cult in front of there and you see a very sl- slight live. Zanzibarian fey man, not you know, not 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 just not in the not in the homosexual sense. I mean, literally, I think he was you know, like at some point there may have been like some ritual that they they, they stole it, they stole the human baby and replaced it. But you know, Wade's and confusion. Like, look, I know what face. the fey are, but I am not understanding the reference. Well, it's because he had the extra teeth. Oh, you mean because of the extra teeth? Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that was that was actually that's actually part of the legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the thing. That's also like side note, like why Freddie had such an amazing voice because the two mm-hmm. extra teeth was more space in his mouth, so the the vibrato of his voice just it carried and it, it. You know what I mean? Bit 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 more. That's why it sounded so amazing. 
but yeah, it's it was really good and like that so many good songs you just forget about right like just the throwaways mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy it's crazy to me too because i whenever i think of things like this because i i have a hard time living too much in the musical past now i know a lot of people do and they that's the only place that they live and good for them um it's just not the way that my brain works and the right the way that my brain doesn't the reason my brain doesn't work that way is because um i Throughout my throughout my my years of uh, of of life, I've started to appreciate the um, the market that is available for things, and a lot of the older music has a has a tougher market, right? Um, you're not going to sell as many Queen albums today as you are going to sell, you know, an Ariana Grande album or something like that. So a lot of the times I'll try to focus my attention to, to what's trending now, because from a, um, you know, current events perspective, it, it, it makes more sense in my brain. It's just the way that I am. But some things that I, I, I get caught up on and, and I'm sure you guys do too, is the, the fact that a lot of these, these huge, I don't know, like, I don't want to say superstars, but that's really what they are. These huge, like, like um, career musicians, right? They were kind of unprecedented when they, when they made their fame. Nobody can ever do what they did again. It's like, it's like they can only be a, a, a moment in time and and I think about it like like one of the phrases that I people say is before anybody did anything Elvis did everything right it's just one of those phrases out there um, so like you think about that and you think about like that like like how how, how, yeah, how but, Elvis's career went of course Elvis eventually got burnt out but is it but is it is it young before the Colonel Elvis or is it sad fat karate Elvis? well that's what's interesting about Elvis is that everybody got to see him set you know you got fat, to see him fall essentially fat, you got to see him fall but but, but but other um not all not all acts were like that and um but like you think of like the Beatles right the Beatles are really nobody's ever really done what they've done from that size like from that scale just the like like the, the whole like Beatlemania where it's it, at least from a United States perspective and I'm sure that a lot of Europe was the same way um, I don't know how popular they were in the rest of the world but where almost every person wants to hear them you know boys and girls and and they have hit after hit after hit after hit after hit on the radio and and like i mean i i've been to five weddings this this uh this summer and the beatles are being played still as wedding music because it's it's like it's that 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 universal music that everybody knows and everybody can dance to and uh and i think about the beatles and i think about you know and like watch a movie all about the history of queen or um i think of bands like metallica and stuff like that and i i think about the the, the way that like enter sandman made me feel you know in my, my adolescence like my least favorite metallica song okay <laughs> well, my least hate, favorite album but well, a lot of people feel the way you feel. i hated well, the black album it was terrible well, well you i don't know i like <laughs> I, I, like I, I, had, I had to i had to like I, eventually i got around to it but i just i accepted it as a 
it was a band that was named Metallica. It was not a Metallica album. But and, in for Trace's but, perspective, a yeah, lot of people me, embraced take the Black me as album. A, yeah, yeah, take me as a face value. No, no, I, I Cookie get it. Cutter, like, like heard them, liked them, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not a Metallica fan. I'm not even really a rock fan. I'm not like, like, I'm not really a huge fan of of the rock genre from like the beginning of time to the end of time. I think you know, I, I have my own opinions on 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 what. I would say like our our age and maybe like ten years older consider great rock. Like I have my own opinions on that. But but th- that that said, Metallica's Black album when it dropped was it's like every almost every track on that album was was being played on the radio. And no matter what they come out with afterwards, will never be that album. Now I realize that maybe the hardcore Metallica fans think that that album was garbage. They lost a lot of the hardcore fans when they released that album. It was, it was. Well, again, I don't even think it, it just. It was such a different thing. And well, they tried to do like they were a thrash metal band, and then they came out with like a ballad, right? Which is all those shitty like hair metal bands were doing, well, and they were like, "Oh, Metallica will well, never do that." Well, because did that. I'm trying, to, and I see the 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 the, the Wikipedia article. There are a couple. Of, there are a couple of songs on the album that I like, but well, for the most because part, I really don't like that. Album. Part of it was that. Um, you know, like, and again, they have their they have they have, they have they have three producers listed, which is Lars Aldrich, uh, James Hetfield, and Bob Rock. But I could have sworn that they got like a super producer in, basically, kind of like giving them advice in the background, and that was part of why that 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 album just sounded so much different mm-hmm. than anything that they. And like, you know, again, the pieces were there, and. That was one of the first ones that, like, they had Newstead involved, and like, they did. They didn't basically just have a bunch of material left over from the other Cl- bases. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and not to say that you know, like, it was it was a, but Cliff very much informed the sound of the previous work, and like that, you know, Jason Jason Newstead had a lot of background in different heavy metal bands, but like he just didn't have the, he never know, like, had a voice though. In, well, in yes. And that's that, you know, like they kind of, they, they make a comment of that because basically they hazed him just like they did Dave Mustaine. And, but, but if that album, if that album were to drop right now, it wouldn't, it, it would be, it would be ignored. Oh, it's absolutely because that style. Thing. Yeah. That yeah. style was timed. And, and, and this is, I feel this way. Like, like we, we, we talk about queen and it's like, well, they had so many great songs and they did and their songs will last forever. But part of me wonders, like, like could a band like them even survive today? Like would, they have this great story and they, and they persevere through hard times and, and they do these fundraisers and, and, admired by so many people if they were 10 years earlier or 10 years later what the hell would queen they did the the band is called panic at the disco and it's half the talent of queen but they're just as popular with the kids that was 10 that was probably 10 years ago but i believe in a thing called love (laughs) but that's i think that it's, so, it's easy. It's, it's not easy to say, but it is. It is the truth. It is validating to say that, like, with music specifically, it's all about timing, right? It's all about kind of timing, but it is about talent. And so man, here you talk about bands that bands that would be out of time. What about Alice in Chains? It's like, weird that you say Alice in Chains because my opinion of Alice in Chains and a twenty-year-old's opinion of Alice in Chains are probably very, very different. If the twenty-year-old has ever heard of them. 
I don't know if their music would resonate with them as much. But with me, I think Alice in Change is an amazing group and an amazing band. Because well, again, like it just there, you know, besides the whole Seattle Lane Staley grunge ter- scene, grunge, yeah. well, just like drugged out, but like, like it just they they were such a there was such a weird explosion of different things that came out came out of that same scene and like. I don't, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, like again, like you, you say that, uh, like Alice in Chains was grunge, but it, like you know, like what was it Stay Away or something like, it, like just, just, just the way that they structured stuff. Yeah, Alice in Chains definitely was like, significantly, and not even. I don't like, want to say less hard, but like more artistic than like the other grunge groups like Soundgarden and, and even, uh, even like like the, just the just the variation Nirvana. on one, like you know, like you could tell it was on the same album, but just the variation. Yeah, they chose completely different chords than what was typical in grunge and rock at, in those times. The the vocal harmonization that they did on every single track was unique. Now, I don't personally care for their style, which is crazy because I have to be careful because you know, back in the 90s, you either loved something or you hated it, right? You everybody needed a flag and opinion and everybody needed to say if they were team Alice in Chains or team Pearl Jam. And so so you know, my initial instinct is to say that I don't that I don't care for them. But that's the wrong way to phrase it, right? It's just that I don't personally care for that music style. But like uh I mean my wife and and some of my best friends, I mean you guys uh, really really love Alice in Chains. They're an interesting one as well. They're one that might be able to survive no matter when the album drops because th- th- their style is so unique. It is it really they landed in the grunge era, but I would agree they really aren't a whole lot of grunge. I, I, I guess the thing is cuz Queen Queen has the same Queen has the same thing where it's it's not copy but you, you you hear you hear a lot of other bands try and do try and do takes on it you know like if you listen to k-rock like i, I hear like knock off, i hear knockoff grunge band or i hear knockoff grunge or modern rock bands and like I, when you say modern rock it's like here it's the same music except we've stripped it down by four like there's only three chords in this song now and it's like they're, and, they're, and it's been like that for a while but what's interesting about the what, what's getting pushed through now in rock is that it's like it, there's just so few there's there's such few like interest in new rock music in general that they just push through kind of like I I, I kind of want to call it dumb rock. It's like rock where where the refrain is like it's like worse than a, a freaking two thousands rap song. Here's like the uh, like the the painfully obvious. Papa Roach is still a popular band. Like Papa Roach, people still like Papa Roach. Like I'm sorry, they had that. One big hit in 1999 or 2000. That should have been it for that group. They don't have the talent that should that would have sustained in the 70s or the 80s. They don't have the talent because they're a one-trick pony. And I'm not. I'm sure they're lovely people. I'm sure they're a lovely group of guys. But I really hate your music. It's really shit, in my opinion. Um, but like, I think the difference with Queen and a lot of bands that have the staying power, like an Alice in Chains, like. Those guys are masters of their craft. Yeah. So I, much so that there's I'm a fucking rock band. We're doing opera this song. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we're going to pull that shit off. And too. I, I guess maybe the thing too is like cuz where 
the you, you take the argument about like you know Sasha Baron Cohen like saying that like I don't want to talk about how the band persevered and stuff like that. I can tell when it's the dude from Alice or the, the guitarist from Alice in Chains, Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell. I can tell when it's him playing. It doesn't matter. You know, like you know, he can be playing something completely and dude, different. Shit, I'm a metallic all you want. You know when Kirk is playing. Yes. Yes. You know, and the same. There's Brian, a signature Brian, to that. Brian, Brian May is the same way. And I guess the thing is that, like you talk about that, maybe it's that combination where it's like, I can I I can hear this person's presence for the most part, like, you know, like the kind of that flavor, but they will do an album and like each album or each song is just something completely different, you know, like it, it, it's, it's, it, it, but the thing is that, you know, you know, everybody who's there. And I think it's significantly they're, less they're, formulaic. You're unique, you're, it's a unique identity. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Like, and also I want to, I want to pose a question to you guys, cause you will remember this and a lot of um, Maybe people 10 what, years younger than us album? might not remember this. But I do think that it played a massive role in the staying power of the bands that we're talking about. And I'm going to name the, I'm going to name four bands, and I want you to tell me what I'm what I'm going to reference: Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam. Obviously, all typically pretty much pretty, except for maybe Stone Temple Pilots from from the area. But what about their music? Back when we were growing up, do you guys remember Unplugged? Well, I mean, yes. Like, does that have anything to do with the staying power? Because Unplugged, it was essentially like, if you sucked, you couldn't go on Unplugged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you had to be talented because there's nowhere that there's no one there to save you. There's no live recording. There's no they, uh, they, boosting they, your guitars or whatever or playing I dubs. Mean, you know, although, although they did make some, they did make some exceptions. Maybe like Nirvana got an electric, you know, Nirvana got an electric. But dude, that Nirvana said that Nirvana unplugs that I think is legendary. Same with Alice in Chains, and same with dude. Over now by Alice in Chains, dude, it's haunting. It's fucking. You know what's crazy is this shit's still going on. Um, what is the fucking the mini desk or little oh tiny desk uh yeah yeah hobo johnson finally got desk on the tiny desk by the way big ups to hobo johnson really yeah nice yeah yeah you got the tiny desk concerts and and i'm sad that it, it's not like on my fucking television like i want to turn my tv and, and, and watch it and and i'm, I'm gonna vent for a second because i bought one of the new smart tvs and the new smart tv that i have has some stupid amazon guide or Amazon. Sorry, Amazon. I'll take your name back out of that sentence. <laughs> I retract that. Yeah. It's got a stupid Samsung guide. And I never realized, like, I, I never really owned a Samsung electronic, right? And I've been an Android user for quite a while now, about six years. I've never actually owned a Samsung electronic. And um, but I have so many friends that have Samsung phones. And they've loved their Samsung phones. I'm like, well, the TV's got to be pretty close because it probably is running Android under the covers, right? Right. So I turn this fucking, this Samsung TV on. It asks for Wi-Fi. I give it Wi-Fi. And it goes straight to its own guide. Now, this is the creepiest thing, okay? Because what the guide is, is it's like Samsung just hijacked like Twitch and fucking YouTube streams. And they just have them on loop. Okay, and there is just this fake guide, and it says, "Oh, well, fucking, um, you know, cute kittens is coming on at six, and then from six to seven is just like 
endless videos, no commentary, nothing, right? And and then there's like fail armies on there, and it's just fucking people getting hit in the crotch for like an hour, and it's the stupidest shit. We do live in the worst of times. Yeah, we might. But I heard the, a beep. Is that uh, going on? I don't know what beep that you heard. Um, it could have been. It could have come from the computer because you can okay. hear the computer sounds, and yes. I can't. But I think we're safe. Okay. Um, so I turn this fucking TV on, right? And, 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 and I do have a point here, and I think you're going to like the point. But I turn the TV on, and I'm seeing fucking guys getting hit in the crotch, and then I flip the channel, and fucking dogs are jumping over fences and shit. And, like, some of them are really weird. Like, one of them was a woman doing trying to do yoga on the beach, and some dog that wasn't hers kept coming over and pushing her over. It, it, like, like, like an eight-minute video. Like, funny the first time, the last seven minutes of it, I'm like, why the fuck are you on my screen? The reason it's on my screen is because it's a it's a high definition woman in a uh, in a bikini, and because people can't keep their eyes off of it, right? That's really it. like yeah. the content is junk, and I'm s- sitting there thinking, like, first of all, is there anybody in Samsung that even pays attention to this guide that they've created, no. or did they just make it, ship it with the TV, so there was something for people to watch that I'll cut the cord. Probably. It's probably what it is. Um, But number two, it's like you got these tiny desk fucking um, musicians playing. Why the fuck aren't they on there? Why aren't they playing when you turn on the TV? Yeah, maybe it doesn't have as wide of appeal as some fucking girl getting knocked over by a dog on a beach. But it, it has, in my opinion, it actually has value. I think that, well, I completely agree. From my perspective, I would see, I would much rather watch any Tiny Desk concert than some dumb, like mindless, like YouTube video. I think you're kind of. I'm just happy when Hobo Johnson gets work. Yeah, seriously. I uh, yeah, for real. They're a great group. Check out Hobo Johnson if you haven't checked them out. They're they're a bunch of young kids just making music the best way way they can. It's like spoken word rap kind of singing. It's really good. It's fun. But that being said. And it's pretty deep. I just, I feel like the people that are making the decisions are really just looking for lowest common denominator. And they were afraid to take risks that were, that, that might challenge any type of intellectual like spark. Like, it's so, no, we can't put out this group that nobody knows. This isn't a mega group. We must put out Ariana Grande concerts, not like, not like the Jizza doing a tiny desk. Um, which was fucking awesome too, by the way. <laughs> like they don't want that because, well, that's not what everyone likes, and we want to hit every. Well, we want to hit most to everyone, but it's like they play it down so much to the lowest common denominator, and it makes me feel almost cynical. Like, wow, maybe most of the world's just a bunch of fucking idiots, and that's why. And I just even TED Talks, right? TED Talks are free. They've always been free on their website. Netflix has all of them because why not? Right. Right? It's free content. Netflix is like, well, you're going to offer it for free. Can we play it for free? And they're like, yeah, take the free content. It's, it's like if fucking no someone wanted to throw our shit on there, yeah. right? Like, why not just, just yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's like it's like they, they could put fucking TED Talks on there, right? So those are two great candidates, right, for for content. Now, maybe the content is tailored for Trace Finicaro, but it, it's, it's content that I would consider a, with a little bit more value right than some fucking girl getting knocked over by a dog but what's interesting to me wade is that you talk about like the mtv unplugged 
the MTV Unplugged was kind of like that fucking default TV that was on on accident, right? And that's what's interesting to me because we would put MTV on just because we knew something was going to be on there, right? It was we, a weird time, right? Because the music yeah, videos, like, was, always... It, it was it was at the end of when they actually still cared about broadcasting music, music videos. And it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it, like, it pre... Been, right around, right around the, like, the beginning of, like, the real world and, like, the... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? The reality television mm-hmm. like boom that essentially uh, evolved head, us. Head, headbangers ball. And and I don't want to focus so much on the fact that that the MTV is dead, right? Because a lot of old people still complain about that, and I don't want to sound like that old person. But but what I do think is an is an interesting point is that 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 avenue, right? The the the, the turn on the TV in 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 just. Something may play. That was our Pandora. You didn't get a choice as to what you wanted to watch. Like you were gonna probably have to sit through a couple of videos you didn't like, but then maybe you there was a potential specifically late at night. You might see something that you from a group you've never even heard of, but they had some pretty cool music video. Like that's how kind of kind of embarrassingly I want to say I got in a tool. Like I saw, I want to say, might have been Stinkfist. Or what's that? On Beavis and Butthead. And actually, we will talk about Beavis and Butthead too. We have to because it's they were that was the time we were growing up. The electrified force field has created the perfect being. But like, I saw that too. I saw the two of it. It might have been for Undertow. I think it may have been for Stinkfist, whichever. But I was like, man, that's a crazy video. And then I, you know, I listened to try to try to get consume as much tool as I could, which wasn't easy without buying an album back then. Yes. It's not like now. Actually, that's the first. That was the first time I ever actually saw Danzig. I mean, like I'd heard, I'd heard, I'd heard a couple of pieces on K Rock like late at night, but but then the mother video came out, or which video are you talking oh, uh, about? Uh, uh, was it Can't Speak? Oh, Can't Speak was after Mother. No, but that's the first. No, I the first one I saw was on Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, and Beavis and Butthead was pretty cool because they or, didn't. You didn't have to watch the whole video. Or they Morbid were, Angel. What's that? Morbid Angel. Uh-huh. Have you, I have no idea what you're oh, talking yeah. we're, about. We're gonna have what to we're mean? gonna have to do some catch up stuff after after okay. the podcast so that we don't get nailed for copyright stuff. I'll do some research. Have you guys heard of Brass Against? Brass Against? No, what is it? It's a brass rock band. I can be I can get into this. You, you <laughs> haven't said anything that's turned <laughs> with a female lead singer that does predominantly uh, like nineties rock covers. And of course it's like a playoff of Rage Against. So um, it, one of their best tracks is is a rage track, but that'd she, be cool. When you mentioned Tool, it reminded me because she does a version of the Pot. Okay, I don't know that song. I'll have to check it out. It's a song that you know. You just don't know that you know it by gotcha. that name. Yeah, and again, we'll have to wait till after the podcast so that we don't get nailed for copyright. Uh, copyright, Creative Commons. It would or, actually be kind of cool if we got nailed for copyright. We might get some publicity, <laughs> much needed publicity. Yeah, it would be fair use. We'd be okay. iTunes would pull us down, but um, I don't think I don't think the rest of them would care. Even iTunes, and what a shit storm! Like somebody sent me a freaking link to a podcast on iTunes, and like I clicked on it on my phone, and it just opened up like the iTunes website with just a whole bunch of I, I couldn't actually just play Windows. I couldn't actually play it. Yeah, it's like how can you be the largest? podcast platform in your web interface in 2018 is still complete trash because people are just handing them money every day just take my money 
Take my money, iPhone, please. Take my money, take take my money. But yeah, I, it was a different time, and it's and it's you would think that with all of with the the coming age of the internet, and all the connectivity, and all the different things you could find, that there would be so many more options. You can get turned out of so much different stuff, but it just seems like all the streams combined to one, yeah. and now it just goes in one direction, and it's just one big stream, and that's it. Like. It's almost a little more difficult to just to fall off the beaten path and find something that you're into. Shauna listens to Pandora a lot. She listens to it because it'll be it'll kind of introduce some newer music that she's never heard of, and some of it she likes, and some of it she doesn't really care for. Especially Pandora. Pandora's great. Um, and I'm sorry to talk over you a little bit, but no, that's fine. with Pandora, they can't afford the most expensive musicians to play over and over and over because they got to pay for each play. So with Pandora, they'll bring in these no-name musicians, and that's the best part of it, is that you get to discover these people you never would have discovered before. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gunner. Gunner's, he's... Visual joke us, on the radio. Showing us a picture of uh, Freddie Mercury riding somebody as wearing Darth Vader, I'm a pretty Darth sure. Vader. He's riding Darth Vader. Not somebody as Darth Vader. Darth Vader. It is it the actor that played Darth Vader? No. Okay. No, the actor that played Darth Vader was... Uh, no, that he did the voice. Oh. James Earl Jones did the voice. Oh, okay. Some old white guy played Darth Vader. <laughs> the body of Darth Vader. Who has a, has a voice like this. Yeah, it's really weird. But he's it just seems... That, he's very upset that George Lucas caught him out of the movies. <laughs> I'm kind of glad he did. But yeah. it's it's weird to me in a couple of cases because like... like like Samsung has an opportunity to, to allow people to discover new content, but they just made their own weird junk. Yeah. Right? And their own weird junk is not actually anything. It's just like filler. It's almost like a fucking screensaver at that point, right? It doesn't actually have any good content. Um you're but you're talking how, how Shauna likes to use Pandora. Yeah, it's and it just it seems I don't use Pandora like I use Spotify and I think it's because I'm I'm set a little bit in my old man ways and I listen to some new stuff on Spotify like I have some new playlists, but I, I don't know what it is. A lot of the music now I don't really care for. the The newer music that I do like is probably some of some hip hop that's out. I think is okay mainly because of the beats, not not typically because the artists are any good. Um, and like electronica, like I like new, like, like electronic music, whether it's dance or, um, house or whatever, like that seems to be okay. I, I can't find any rock that I like, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm getting old, but it's just like, I feel like there's no musicianship ship anymore. Like very few bands harmonize anymore or use harmonies at all. <clears throat> it's all very contrived. The music, it's not very... It's all very derivative. It's not like, you know, it's not really anything that, that I don't know, pops my socks off, I guess. Um, something you just reminded me of um, was the fact that Black Eyed Peas just dropped a new album. Is it Sans Fergie? It's, yeah. I'm Now I'm interested. Yeah, Fergie is gone. And it sounds like the stuff that they were producing way back before Ferg was introduced you just keep showing us pictures of weird riding. shit. It's you found a second picture of Freddie Mercury riding. Next, there's multiple of that concert. What does his shirt say? The Flash. Fla- ah, another thing. Queen did the Flash Gordon the movie soundtrack, the entire soundtrack. I'm pretty really? sure. Really? Yes. Yeah. I love Actually, it when Jack, musicians Jack, do that. Jack Black, Tenacious D has gotten 
multiple mileage out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the, I, like I watched the music videos. They, they have a couple of music videos out already, but most of them are just visualizations at this point. And it'll probably stay that way. A lot of mu- a lot of musicians are choosing that route because it's cheaper. I mean, the Black Eyed Peas, I was excited when the Black Eyed Peas got um, on the Bullworth album before Fergie. And a lot of people know, like, it was just, uh, they were just a rap duo. Yeah. And it was about, like, the craft and about rapping, about, like, and rhyming and, and telling a story about, like, you know, what was going on with them. Like, the, the song was, I think it's called That's the Joint. Like, That's the Joint, That's the Jam, Turn That Shit Up, Play It Again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just a fun kind of song on the, on the Bullworth album, which, um, and I didn't hear from them for a year or two after that. I think that was 97, I want to say, or 96. And all of a sudden, like in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, whatever, Fergie shows up. And I'm like, well, the Black Eyed Peas, why is there a female singing here? Yeah. And they just were, you know, some, they were a pop group. I don't know. Well, that's even... what's interesting is that, I mean, you can blame you can blame a lot of it on Ferg, but if you actually listen to the music, the music itself was just completely different, right? Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. like it's not like I mean, she definitely stole the she definitely stole the the limelight, you know. Without well, her a doubt. and like Will I Am, right? Yeah, like, but the, it, it's not it's not hip hop. It's not, it's just not. And they were a hip hop group, and right. it's kind of hey, they they sold a bunch of records and they sold their soul along with it because the soul of their music died, and they let you know the studio people and the executives make the decisions on what the sound should be and who how, the direction of the group should go clearly. But hey, maybe they're getting back to the roots. I'm interested in it. Yeah. They're trying to go back to their roots and the, um, it sounds a lot like their older stuff. Um, there wasn't any specific song on there that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. It really just sounds like, uh, like classic hip hop. Mm-hmm. So if that's the type of thing that you like to me, the classic hip hop reminds me of classic hip hop. So there's not a whole lot of new classic hip hop that my ears want to hear. There's some like groups or there's some songs that are kind of trying to get back to it. Um, but yeah, it's like none of it's as good as the old stuff. I mean, Gunnar, what are you, how are you consuming music now? Primary, primarily through sketchy YouTube red downloads. YouTube mm-hmm. what downloads? YouTube Red. Uh, oh, that's like their paid service, right? Yes, but as part of it on a mobile device, it will actually let you download videos to it locally. So, like, are you consuming any new music? Yes. Yeah, so, or so well, can I can I get yeah. technical for a second? So, what YouTube Red has done um, is they've split. This is like how, like, can I lock my screen and still yeah. listen? They've split the video into two completely separate streams. One of them is just the picture, and the other one is the audio. So when you lock your screen, it pauses the video stream, and it just streams the audio. It, it pauses the video and just streams the audio, so it saves you on bandwidth. Sure. So people who do pay extra for YouTube Red can actually get the audio stream, but it's even cooler than that. If you capture the stream you can download the mp3 and just have it okay so you can steal the music directly from youtube and not a lot of people know this because not a lot of people have youtube read but what's interesting is the the normal uh youtube videos that you're watching today any of the, the the modern ones that are in like hd they're all using that under the covers 
So if you go and get one of those YouTube video downloaders, you can actually say, no, screw it, I just want the MP3. And it grabs the MP3 and it's lightning fast. It's like better than any music sharing, you know. But the thing is, is that music piracy is different now because you can just get it on YouTube well, after yeah, watching I, a three second no. commercial for local I mean, politician like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest half of its half of its mop remixes anyways now but that's neither here nor there like the rap group mop no like oh. friendship is magic mop but that's this fan music oh oh wait so like, like brony stuff yes oh okay all right gunner when did you go brony on us gunner's always i think i don't know if he's been brony well that and like my collection of music over the last uh was it 30 years? It's got to be close. I mean, I'm 39. But yeah, everything's everything's on disc at this point. You know, It's just trying to find a more a portable player that can store more and more. Are you consuming new music, though, is the question. Um, new to me. How'd you put it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like, there's not a lot of pop. I mean, like, there's not a lot of pop that gets my fancy and it, you know again like anything outside of that circuit you kind of have to you really have to freaking start digging around to find it nowadays because yeah it helps, any to of the be on, helps to be on like some chat boards and stuff where they're where they're they're sharing the video links and stuff like that i mean i guess my, my biggest thing actually is really um just going down the rabbit hole like watching uh different you, you, you listen to you watch the you, you know you're listening to the weird stuff in the background from YouTube videos and even that like you know the copyright brigade gets so freaking nasty, nasty about that shit. But it's like hey this is this was done by this person like, hey let's go oh that sounds cool let's go find that you know I mean but you know part of that unfortunately a lot of that synthwave now too. Mm-hmm. I mean like that's actually chip? that's my that's kind of that's been my big thing as of late. Synthwave, vapor, you know, vaporwave, that kind. I of. like that. I like that stuff. I have that to stuff's admit. cool. I like it a lot. So I was, um, I was chatting with uh, uh, Bev Six. Shout out to Bev, and uh, and actually her husband, <clears throat> and he just mentioned uh, 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 this electronic band, which I've never heard anybody mention in person, and it's uh, it's a band called Infected Mushroom, and. Uh, I thought it was so cool because it has been, it feels like a lifetime since I bumped into somebody that knew an obscure group or band or whatever, um, and you could just talk about them. Like, and I think part of that is because of because of my age. I don't spend as much time discovering, but of course, YouTube is how I discovered them. Um, so to answer the same question, you know, most of my discovery is done on YouTube. Infected, Infected Mushroom isn't really that new of a band, but um, I spend most of my time um, actually listening to a lot of the pop music with my children. Yeah, you a lot know? of my, I, I, a lot of, yeah. a lot of radio. It's like the only kind of intriguing thing about. I wouldn't say intriguing. The only like thing I would why I would consider getting satellite radio again because like when I had satellite radio. You get some somewhat specific stations where, like, you could hear hip hop that did new hip hop that did not get played on the radio. Yeah, like that's, but I, it's not really worth it to me. But yeah, and again, it's 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 pro it's probably a toss up between um, yeah, again, background music and some YouTube video or some like some like documentary thing or something like that or a discussion one, uh, you know, 
random blurb somewhere else or uh you know from the uh the 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 the, the, the club perform the club performance circuit the club performance circuit of the fantastical kind are we talking about brony stuff again? No, we're talking. We're, 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 we're talking. We're talking. We're talking about. The, we're talking. Remember, I'm a fan of Queen. I'm a fan of Queen in many varieties. Okay. Oh, the club performing circuit stuff oh, that like, you would uh, dance to in a in a club in a nightclub. Are we talking? Gunner, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about drag queen stuff. Okay, I was gonna say like like drag queen stuff. Okay, fair enough. Where are we at? Because you know what? topics to talk about? Well, <laughs> there are topics to talk about. It's funny how <laughs> it's, been, it's been, what, like two weeks since we've recorded? Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. The flu season has hit, has hit us hard. Yes, Trace tra- 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 got face fondled by Streplococcus. By the plague. Yeah, that's right. The dinosaur known as Streplococcus. Um, yeah, he took me out for dinner and for five days. Yeah, it's nice. So, have you have you been uh, watching uh, Goblin Slayer still? Yes. And it, is it is it weird how much of a drastic turn it has taken since that first episode? Yeah, it really is because I was expecting more like insanity to ensue. It's coming, but and I'm sure it is, but it's like it's kind of <sighs> it's weird, and I love I love it, and this is why I love it. Goblin Slayer himself is such an emotionally shattered individual and you just want him to be able to be somewhat have normal emotional interactions with other people and other characters and he's just so incapable of having them so it's like all these other characters that are joining him are getting developed and you're getting interested in them but he just remains the same and cannot change at all he is literally just there to slay goblins that is his only interest in life well and again you, you i don't know if you're covering the most important bit of this because it, as it is apparent from the intro now it is literally someone playing a dungeons and dragons game yes and the thing is is his character is like so like you know like it's kind of like the rationalization you know it's the perspective from somebody outside like the because you know you're having the story in but this is the, this is this is the narrative that's occurring and Part of it is like Goblin Slayer is like I'm a character that just kills goblins, and it's just this trying to. Goblin form Slayer a story. is like being played by like a dude, bro. Well, it's like, are you a goblin? No. Yeah. Are there goblins? And then, like, no, yes. and not interested. And, and you and you see like you see like the greater story is structured in a way it's like the DM just like freaking face palming, and it's like okay, the great demon lord that you're supposed to go to fight also has an army of goblins now. Right. I will do this. Yeah. Well, now I'll go and, and partake in it. I do like uh, I do like how Goblin Slayer is turning out. Um, I do like that there there has not been Goblin rape or Goblin baby. Well, murder. there was there was there was one implied one. Yeah, that's true with the Elven slave this past episode. But yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's you know, and again, it just it's a weird like that that fucking comic is brutal. Oh, here's a question. Um, yeah, I haven't checked out the comic yet. But speaking of comic and comedy, uh, Trace, did you watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live this past Saturday? Um, I don't think I did. I think I was too sick. Pete Davidson, who I know your wife is a big fan of, made a pretty off-color joke. I, I read the news. Well, I saw the, 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 the headline about it. 
But the joke the was kind of funny. But then what he said afterward—that's what. Stu- that's what I think a lot of people got bent about the joke. Period. Mm-hmm. Got really offended by it. So there's a. Is he running for Senate? I think Senate or the House. There's a. There's an ex Navy SEAL, um, who has an eye patch because he lost his eye when his uh, partner was essentially killed by an IED and it kind of ripped his face into uh, ripped ripped part of his face apart and it, he lost his eye because of it. He <clears throat> died. He, his partner died in combat. He survived with a disfigured face. So Pete Davidson did um, he get the seat? What's that? Did he get the seat? <gasps> I don't know, but I'm going to assume so. Gunner, hold on, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Is this on? Okay, go ahead. No, this is not a. So, have you? I didn't realize this concept because I was pulling up stuff for the next thing, and it's. So, have you seen once? Have you seen any of the things about the Once Upon a Deadpool? No. So can you let him finish this? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You do your thing. You do your thing. You do your thing. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about. We're going to talk about it right afterwards. Right afterwards. Fucking amazing. So, Pete Davidson makes this joke that. They pull a picture of his face up on the, you know, like they do like the news show, the Weekly Review or whatever. That's one of the segments they do on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So Pete David's there, and he's like, and then you got this guy. He names the guy in Texas. He looks like a a villain. He looks like a a, a villain from a bad porno, and everyone's laughing, kind of a little bit, but they feel a little weird about it because. The, but then he says. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I guess he actually lost his eye in combat or something. Oh, whatever. And it was kind of like, that's where you done fucked up. Okay? Yeah. Because A, it's kind of bad taste to make a joke about how somebody looks that's a combat veteran and looks that way because because they served. But B, the real fuck up, in my opinion, was you are you you have completely, you have actually unmasked how you feel about it. You don't give a shit that this guy made a sacrifice for our country, you know, fighting. You actually look like a huge entitled piece of shit, which I've kind of felt Pete Davidson has always been. But what's funny is all these people are getting outraged and pissed, and this guy is like, yeah, I saw the show. Didn't appreciate the comment. He's like, but I I work hard. Um not, I work hard not to offend anyone. I, weak, I work even harder to not get offended by people like mm-hmm. that. He said, my only real regret is, said, I got a couple of them. One, I don't think that you should make fun of people uh, that have disfigurements from combat. I think that's lax class. And he's like, and I wish your joke wasn't so terrible because it wasn't that funny. He's like, it wasn't even a funny joke. Mm-hmm. He wasted it on that. See, I thought you were talking, because he made, he made the headlines as well. I don't know if it might have been from the previous week, but he wasn't supposed to be, um, he kind of had a little breakup, and and he wasn't supposed to talk about it. And he ended up talking about it in his, in his skit. So that's what I thought you were going oh, to say. Oh, no, no. I didn't realize that there was this, uh, this, uh, um, this ex-military guy with the... Um, with the eye patch running for uh, running for office. Okay, Gunner. Gunner, tell us. Sorry, we've held you back so long. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So you know that um, Disney just bought or is in the process of finally buying Fox. Yes, merger with merger Fox, Fox, big deal. And I think it just uh, they just got past the European courts. Has they've they've passed all the validation through that or whatever you needed. So is uh, part of this shuffling around. Fox's schedule is now under the authority of Disney to a certain extent. Okay, and so their their lineup for this year was they were supposed to be re- their big movie for December was supposed to be Battle Angel Alita. 
Yes. Which got pushed out to February, which pushed out the next X-Men movie to summer. Thank God. Just don't make that one. No, no, no. So, so, so this is the thing. So to fill in the gap in the schedule, they're re-releasing Deadpool 2. Yeah, PG-13, the Christmas one, right? Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know the framing context that this is getting done? No. So effectively, they have Fred Savage playing the same character that he was in The Princess Bride. Uh-huh. The kid? Yes. Yeah, so he's uh-huh. he's in bed, and Ryan Reynolds slash Deadpool is taking over the Brian, like the, 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 the Columbo dude's role in that movie, and that's how they're fixing, they're editing all the R-rated stuff out. It is him reading the story <laughs> of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage. That's while so he is weird. Sick. That is really, really odd. Peter, Peter Fox, that's it. But, that is weird. But And it's just like old adult Fred Savage in the half-kids bed. Dude, I can't wait. Well, because it's such a funny fucking movie. And, um, I, Wade, you took me, I yeah. believe, to that movie. And I hadn't even seen the first one. I just needed an excuse to get the hell out of the house. Oh, that's but it's classic. Him, it's him, it's that's really good. But it's such a... That's really good. That's fucking so good. He's got a picture, he's got a picture of Deadpool with a Santa hat on. And he's reading a book, and then Fred Savage just looks old as fuck now. Yes. But in that same Bears t-shirt, still wearing from the Bears Bride. t-shirt, yep, <laughs> leg in bed. Um, but it's it's just. But the so... thing is, is there's so many funny moments in that in in that um, movie that if it were edited, I would love to watch it with my son. Yeah, I would like to see the re-edit. But the, but the unedited version, or the original, I should say, is is just crazy crazy amount of swearing and gore and the gore i he could probably handle but um but i don't know if a Some lot of the, the concepts of the swearing i don't yeah, yeah not really appropriate i agree with you on that oh man it's called once upon a deadpool and it's going to air in the theaters yes christmas well, between, time between, uh, so it's between december 1st and uh, that's christmas smart. eve and is yeah. is this something that is, is so so does i don't really understand the whole who it's owns what December 12th through christmas eve who who owns Deadpool? Fox owns Deadpool because uh-huh. he's part of he's under X Men. But uh-huh. now, now that now that comes back under the Disney parent umbrella. So now Disney owns it all. So it, it I mean, just speculating forward here, does this mean that Deadpool three could be released in two formats? How awesome would that? Be? Deadpool three will. God, good question. Well, no, but because they will part of because this is opening up a new like, door to a lot of this. Dude, is Deadpool in a Marvel Cinematic movie? That well, would be but, awesome. But, 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 but the idea that you could release an adult version and a very comically edited child oh, okay, version of some of these adult-themed movies, I think, is a really, really good uh, uh, spin. Of I course, know. I'm biased because I have fucking children. Right. <laughs> well, no, but even even that, if, 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 because like part of part of the why Ryan Reynolds did like you know insisted on the R and everything like that was just because. That gave them creative freedom, you know, and that that the thing is, is that you know, part of it is that if they can if they can make this work, because part of you know that that and like there's a whole, it's really just a blurb to fill the schedule in, but it's also like if they can make this work, then maybe 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 they can actually still make Deadpool movies. Like, have you ever seen the the safe for work the porn Disney. videos? <laughs> Right, the safe for work porn videos, where it, they're on YouTube, and what they do is they get like like pornography, and they just put really funny cartoons oh, over the yeah. top of them. So they're like licking it. a Sunday or something like that over and over and over, and then the Sunday ends up on their face at the end. Yes. Um, 
those that type of satire is really funny and for for uh for disney to be able to take that to to the theater is i want to i i can't wait i can't wait to see. i don't know i don't know how i feel about it i'm not sure it's definitely smart i really like it specifically if the projects they currently have now are not going to help the brand it's the right decision to do because i think with deadpool it's funny enough it doesn't take itself seriously at all, really, although it does sometimes. L- l- let me give you a better analogy, yeah. Wade. Do you remember turning on broadcast television or cable television or whatever and watching a movie that the only possible way that they could play it on cable was for it to be edited? Yeah, so like Lethal uh, Weapon or uh, And they Die did Hard. it a lot, right? And sometimes the dubbing was funny. Sometimes the dubbing just ruined it, right? But what it did is it allowed that movie to exist in a market that was completely different than the movie theater. What's happened is since broadcast television doesn't exist anymore, I mean it does, it technically is out there. Yeah. But people consume things differently. Now they're gonna now they're gonna wait until it's on Amazon Prime, wait until it's on Netflix, or they're just going to rent it. There's no longer a kid friendly way, right? To be able to consume these movies, it's not like like Fox is going out and, and, and editing out the swear words so that it can be played on a weekend when everybody's over for Thanksgiving. So it's interesting to me to see anybody try to attempt this. Yeah. I have the same problem, actually. Um, like, if you remember the song by Macklemore, uh, Thrift Shop. Yes. There does not exist a version of that song where he doesn't drop the F word every few sentences really there is no edited there's no officially edited version of that it's been on the radio i'm sorry there's no there's no because people watch everything on youtube oh there's no youtube version oh okay so you go online and you're going to play the song right well you're going to play it through youtube i mean i guess you could try to play it through spotify but even then it's it's uh, spotify and pandora are, are not going to be edited either well, yeah, you might have so to, yeah. It's a song that your kids hear on the radio, but there's no way to play it online because uh, unless you're okay with your kids hearing those words. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of a gap, and broadcast television kind of helped with that before. And now, you know, I mean, like MTV did it a lot with the music videos as well. Kind of made them, you know, yeah, somewhat safe for your living room. For sure. So I'm interested to see uh, the... The Disney. Um, I'm more interested I'm, to see I'm Deadpool really, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I, well, you know, and however that may go down. Maybe someone can make a decent X Men film. Well, because the thing is, is that uh, I don't actually remember him being that vulgar in the comics. Deadpool? I don't remember him ever, like, actually being. Well, yeah. No, no I mean, like, you, you know, like, I mean, like, I know the Ronald Reynolds bit, but, you know, like, part of that is just kind of you have to turn everything to 11. Right, but like in his like full on madness madness years, he like never was really. Yeah, it wasn't like a really vulgar like character. A, a lot of gore, a lot, though. There isn't sure. a lot. There's well, yeah, but you know, it's kind of his bit. Right. Yeah, I just felt it, they felt it was an angle that would kind of make him a little edgier and a little more appealing to like a younger audience, and it, it worked. I thought. I thought. I love both Deadpool movies. And I didn't think they could make a better sequel, but I actually enjoyed the sequel more than the original, which is weird. Yeah, that was funny. Um, you were almost out of time here. Yeah, we um, are. We are. 
one thing I want. We're not to, almost out of time. <laughs> one thing I wanted to say is, uh, have you guys ever fallen into the Netflix trap where it recommends a series and you watch it, and then you realize after you've watched the first season that it died four years ago and they never left the first season? No, I sometimes um, that happens to me with anime. There was a. It happens with the anime. God Eater was one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, Knights of Shadonia had, which is actually on uh, Netflix, had two seasons and then just and dead, then just stopped. That happened to me for the first time, and um, when I was looking online um, for it, it was this sci-fi uh, show called Ascension. Very oh, cool premise. Yeah, no, I, I know the one. I know the one you're talking about. It's when it's the the colony ship, right? Yeah, they have a colony ship. Yeah, they're going to send this colony <laughs> ship in space so that, you know, when when the world eventually meets its demise, we've colonized a new <clears throat> planet. And um, But, you know, it's like super top secret or whatever. Well, they find out, you know, like, spoiler alert, sorry, guys. Um, they find out that, that the ships never left Earth. And they're one big fucking experiment, like... A human experiment, like a simulation of how we would have behaved if we thought we were on the ship. And they're like, they're like fifty-six years in, dude. This well, reminds actually, me very much. It, 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 it gets even that because basically, it's they're. But they Spoil- think they're a hundred years in. Are, it's are you, weird. Are you trying to avoid spoilers, or well, are you because it's because there 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 was there was another purpose to that experiment. Well, um. But but I guess my I, yeah I probably don't want to spoil it too bad. I'll, but my my point was that as it was my first trap where Netflix said, "Hey, if you liked this, you would also like this," and I'm like, "Well, fuck yeah!" There's and I a, see that a, it was released a, in 2014. I don't look to see how many freaking seasons are available. And now, like, I go online and there's all these people. They're like, "What, what the, the fuck? fuck did you do to us?" <laughs> there's another one like that that has the dude who was um who plays Sir Davos in um. Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, basically it's human. Like they're, tra- it's like a, it's like they're, they're settling. It's like a colony trapped on this other world. And like, yeah, you got two seasons into it and you're like, fuck, what the fuck? and then it's like, oh, well, funding ran out. Yeah. And you know, part of me is like, oh, hopefully Netflix picks it up, but it's like, well, they probably wouldn't now. Although they've been known to pick up series years and years after they've ended. Or space, space above and beyond. Oh, Please, you fucking miserable bastards, pick up Space Above and Beyond. I loved that show. It was Space Above and Beyond. It was the show that was on Fox, um, mid '90s, early mid '90s, X-Files, like yeah, during the X Files millennium period. Mm-hmm. And it was about space <laughs> marines, and like we Probably were at war with the this. Chig. They were called the Chigs, yes. and there were three races really. There were the humans, mm-hmm. the Chigs, who oh, was like an alien race we were at war with. And then there were these uh, cybernetic kind of. Well, no, um, they're the they were the clankers, or basically the, yeah. the, the AIs, because so yeah, it's this whole thing where like um, one, it was weird because it was centered around the humans or centered around the human race, but there were no good people in the show. So, um, the human race was just recovering from this period where effectively we had built, um. AIs and just like humanoid robots to do work on Earth. The work, they were basically Blade Runner race. style. So essentially, yes. they were slaves. Um, and you know, like there was a bunch of inter There was like a bunch of interstitial combat, or like you know, like or, or uh, not combat. But, um, there was a lot of debate about the ethics of this, and one of the programmers basically, um, as kind of an act of protest, 
introduced this one line of code that basically said, take a chance. Take a chance. It was, and the machines came to a consensus that's like, we don't know how this is going to end up. But we're going but to resist we're, yes, and kill and they, the they, humans. They, so basically, it was a worldwide, <laughs> simultaneous planetary rebellion. Oh, yeah. And after we got that shit kind of figured out, the Chig attack. Well, no, no. So, and it, you but know, was it because we invaded or some shit? Okay, so, yeah. They're, they're, so that's the thing. But So in response to the AIs doing a rebellion... We basically we basically create a slave race of human beings that are vat grown. They call them they call them like neck jobs or something like that because they have their um, they have their belly button or their navel on the back of their neck instead of on their stomach. And it's this whole thing where like yeah like they have they they have they have them in storage so you have adults like sitting in like tanks waiting to get decanted. But um, they're considered property of the state still. And like you know, like again, some of them had like military. Like if they served in the military, they get dispensation, and they were like they, this whole thing. But it's just it's so. It was only one season. And it was awesome. Well, there was, oh, was no, only there was one season. Seasons. There were two seasons. I, I, I think there were two seasons. Uh, I thought there was only one. But it, 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 so, not yeah. one season. Okay. It was the precursor. It was essentially oh, the precursor wow. to. Uh, I would say there were certain aspects of it. They were very much like. Um, Oh, good job, Wade. You just fucking blanked on the movie Starship Troopers. It was a little bit more thoughtful, less like action based Starship. Yeah, Troopers. that's sad. So there's like, and I guess yeah. So then basically, the the war started. You know, like as time goes on, the war started because humans were colonizing further and further out into space. There is this one primary like military industrial company called Aerotech that, um. Knew that there was a there was another alien basically that there was an alien life on you know alien life in this system that they landed in. They wanted they wanted the materials there. They told them fuck it. They landed they basically landed on the sacred site for the species, which is this moon, where you know come to find come to find yeah you know like there's this the aliens themselves are kind of like these religious extremists, like you know but they're they're an old species and basically they they like came to, like they. We landed on their Jerusalem and they didn't like it, so well, they said, "Fuck it, we're gonna well, kill no, the it, humans." It gets, it gets to this weird thing because, like, they got they got into some heady concepts because the whole thing was is that effectively the the chigs were a species that was created from panspermia from an impactor event on Earth, and like they're derived from the same kind of RNA sequences that started life on Earth itself. Like, you know, except with a couple of mass extinction events, they skipped. But and that's the thing that they talk like there's a whole th- there's a there's a whole thing, like because um, like one of the last episodes they have an ambassador come the chicks have have an ambassador come the human sabotage it right well the, the aerotech president starts screaming and he's like because the thing was is that they, the chigs the chigs were saying that like we warned you when you sent your probe there we sent a message multiple times saying do not come here. This is the, we are here. This place, you know, this place is not are in like the Aerotech, because the part part of it was the Aerotech knew and they covered it up because they wanted the stuff on the moon. Yeah, and they started this whole interplanetary war. And the thing was, is the Aerotech basically bribed their way through the government to kind of like do the, you know, it's 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 Lockheed Martin, you know the yeah, but the you know the the the, the one Aerotech CEO is like going f- flipping out stuff like that you know saying like you you can't prove any of this blah 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 blah, blah you know like the 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 the, the, the I, I'm on the spot thing 
and the ambassador's getting translated through the Stephen Hawking like translator box, and it's just like he says, "We, we, we, we were here many years, you know, like we were here many years ago. We we came, we visited you when you were in caves. We've seen it. We've seen you. That's why we told you to stay away." And it's the whole thing is that like they're they're like on this kind of genocidal con- like conflict because effectively they can't you know like the 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 chigs are not nice but the humans are not the good guys in this right there's no good guys story yeah and it just was yeah and again like the whole the whole the whole like space marine thing was pretty freaking awesome it was it was the, a the, great the, show and it, but I think it was because what you're describing is and this is exactly what happened what I feel with Firefly it was a little higher cognition mm-hmm. there was a little bit more thought involved and it wasn't just us against the aliens it was kind of like yeah, maybe we aren't the good guys and I think people and they get turns executives off because it's well it's not so simple it's not straight cut and forward especially back then in the days of broadcast television right yeah. you needed to to keep viewers right where the, the viewers going to wait a whole fucking week before another episode comes out right we don't we don't consume television the same way now as we did then so some of these things where you got to sit and think I mean um, it's not the same type of cognition, but I think of like the first time I watched Game of Thrones, it was so much like so many different plots going on that I had to stop, go to work and yell at the guy that recommended that I watch it. I'm like, what the fuck are you asking me to watch? And he's like, go back home and watch watch the first episode a second time. And I watched it a second time and then I, I, you know, I was hooked. But fortunately for me... When I was at the, when I was done with that first episode, I could bleed right into the next one. Yeah, you know the investment was I, I got a reward back right away. So it must have been a lot tougher for them to to make, you know, some like you said, like the higher cognition shows back then. Now I think it would do better. Like um, I, I've mentioned it before, but like altered altered carbon, which is a Netflix um, original. Um, that's a little bit more, you know. You got the whole, um, you know, copying somebody, somebody's consciousness and stuff like that. Yeah, like what is what makes a person? What makes you know? What gives you your individual kind of fingerprint? Or yeah, signature? it's like super sci-fi, but at the same time, it's not. And um, I'd say, I'd say Black Mirror is a really good candidate as well. Where I, I don't know how successful it would have done um, as syndicated TV. Then would have canceled it because of the ratings. But when you have all of these back seasons. And then people are like, eh, maybe I'll give it a shot. It's like the Twilight Zone. It's our. It's like it's a, it's a kind of reskin of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. A little bit, a little more edgier, a little more um, relevant as far as with current event issues and stuff like that. But I'd say it's it's probably it's it's right up there. It's, it's definitely just, the modern day equivalent. Yeah, you know, it's a different, completely different feeling watching it, but it's definitely the closest thing because you got the you got a lot of those B list actors, great actors, but you just don't know who they are, right? And uh, and you see them over and over and over again in a lot of the the TV content that's out right now. We talk about cerebral thing, but you know things that like talk about like so they're one of the items they talk about or they're talking about, and I I forgot about this, but um so. There's this one episode where they're flipping out because the chig, like you know, and there's a story like the chigs will dig up dead people and chop them up, and they thought it was like a psychological warfare tactic, and they go back in and as the you know like as the as the series goes in, it's because the chigs don't have a concept of the afterlife, so when they hear people talking about it, they literally think that humans are going to rise from the grave. 
Just so they're about, just they're they're like busting them up to keep them from like killing like sneaking up on them. Still talking about this show that lasted one season. It was so good. It was a really good show. It Sounds like it needs so to be continued. Good. You guys have talked a lot about this show. It's like RoboCop. We're just you gotta understand though. Man. A big portion of it was we. This is when we were like teenagers and kind of just still learning about stuff. That's a part of it. I don't know if I'd watch it on YouTube now if I would still enjoy it, but I'm going to tonight, it's actually. Good. What is it's, it called it's again? Still, it's still, still good. good. It's uh, called Space Above and Beyond. Space Above and Beyond. I'm gonna watch I looked f- it up on Netflix and I couldn't find it. It's not no, I, I had a, it's, it's probably it's, some throwaway that Fox locked away never to hear from again. Yeah, you can you can you, can, you can buy season one on Amazon though. Oh really? Yeah, I, like huh. they have the. It might just be the DVD though. I don't know if they have it for streaming. I'm gonna watch YouTube. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna find it on YouTube and stream the it. Ma- the Master Chief there is a fucking bad. <laughs> the old the the old the old neck the, job with there. equilibrium, il- yes. equilibrium problems. But he's he's just like. <laughs> it's just really it's good. Just Check so it out, good. guys. But that is all the time we have for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for. Uh, for tuning in, but uh, we're uh, we're actually going to record tomorrow, but we're going to release it. Yeah, you guys later. don't need to know Why that. Spoil- Why yeah. spoiling? <laughs> spoiler. Screw spoiling. it. We'll just release them both. Fucking spoiling. <laughs> no episodes and then four hours That's of listening. Right. Well, how dedicated are you? But anyways, thanks everybody for uh, for tuning in, and we will talk to you later. Ride the cheek snake. Ride the cheek snake. <laughs> <laughs>